<laughs> Welcome to DIY. <laughs> oh. Were you distracted by something shiny? I think so. This is Barely Furcasting, featuring Tabin, an Injured Nerves audio production. Welcome, everyone, to our podcast once again. I am Barely Normal, and with me, as always, is... Hi! Oh, yeah. Oh, that's my cue. Um, hi, my name is uh, Taven. I'm at Pup Bark Bark, and thank you for listening if you're listening right now. And if you're not listening right now, then it doesn't matter what I'm saying because you're not listening. So have you had a good week this week? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good week. I've been um, running around and doing the stuff, and it's one of those weeks where um, you know you've done a lot of things, but you don't remember what it, it is you've done, so you hope they were productive. And how about you, Barely? How has your week been? It's been a busy week, had lots of things going on, lots of work stuff going on, and promoting our podcast has been full-time. But you know what? Today is the 19th of December, and you know what's so special about that day? Counting on pauses six days before the Christmas time day. That's right, six days. So if you have an advent calendar and you haven't opened up all the things until now, you need you need to catch up. You a need bit. to catch up. If, if it's one of the little chocolate things, you're going to have a chocolate high because you've got like 19 chocolates to eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So uh, so Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Boxing Day, and all those good things. <laughs> all the other days that are out there, and of course, in just three days will be our special podcast. Oh, yes. I, I'm excited for that for one. The Christmas special. So be sure to tune in for that. It'll be released on the, the 22nd of December. We're two minutes in. Do you want to start your sign off now? Oh, yeah. I better get started <laughs> on that or else we're never going to get. Yeah. So thanks, everyone, for, for listening. And I hug you. And so for any of you that didn't catch that, listen to the last few episodes at the end and you'll know why we did that just now. But there's so much truth to it. A couple of weeks ago. Well, I think, well, actually, I think it was last week. I think you and I started chatting after we start, after we finished our recording about how shopping online for Christmas has caused the Googlers to, or the Google algorithms recommend certain things as you get onto websites. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I do a deep, deep search for furry things every Thursday before the podcast to see what's going Mm -hmm. on. But the Googler has not, um, has not targeted me with furry things, which is funny. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, furries do ruin everything, so maybe the Googler knows better than to do that. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I do one search for a shirt for my husband, and then I'm getting advertisements for men's shirts all the time that, now. <laughs> that you just bought, too. It's like, no, I right. don't need that again. <laughs> exact same one that I just bought. Um, so where should we go from here, Tabin? Oh, I think I remember you were going to say something, a story, a podcast watching story that you had. Ah, yes, a podcast watching story. So there's a podcast that I listen to. It's called The Greatest Generation. It's about Star Trek stuff. It's two guys. It is The Greatest Generation. (laughs) Yes. And they they start their podcast. It's a, a podcast. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys that are ashamed to have a Star Trek podcast. But, <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> Just like we should be ashamed to have this podcast. <laughs> that's right. We should totally be ashamed. They do live versions every year. They come around, they travel around the country, and they do a live show. You know, a podcast is a audio thing. There's not a lot of activity. I mean, you're sitting there, I'm sitting here. You, you we're listen, talking. you can have your eyes closed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? So to go watch a podcast, people thought we were a little crazy. I said, I'm going to go watch a podcast. And they're like, how do, how do you watch a podcast? That's a good question. <laughs> so I dragged my husband along with me and it was at a little venue up in Portland, Oregon. And they were just starting this out. It was like a bar 
and then they had a little area next to it for a stage. You're not going to sit by yourself. So I grabbed a table and there's a couple other guys there. My husband goes to get us a couple of drinks and he starts chatting with a guy in front of him at the bar line about how he doesn't understand the whole thing about podcasts or why they're so exciting. And he really has no idea what he's doing here because his husband dragged him and he wasn't even sure if he would like these guys. So he buys his drink and he comes out to the table and he sits down. And about five minutes later, <laughs> the show starts and the guy he was telling that to at the bar line is one of the hosts. <laughs> one of the oh, oh, good, good. That worked <laughs> yeah. out just great. And he actually made a comment about it on the podcast. He said, so I was uh, in the bar line. <laughs> <laughs> True story. True story. Just happened a few minutes ago. So, oh. uh, you know, we were talking about doing a live podcast, but I'm sure that, you know, if we do a live podcast, you're going to be very entertaining. And it's more just going to be us uh, broadcasting out you being Tabin. I would could see me doing that and barking and wagging and stuff, because that's what I do. I have a note here that you have some new songs. They're actually not new songs. They're okay. songs I've had, you know, for like two or three years now. So these are Tabin songs that I came up with um, several years ago, and I think they're really true to life. So the first one mm -hmm. I call Puppy Pup Pauses. Puppy Pup Pauses. Okay. Yeah, which is actually hard to say, like, because you say that five times fast. Puppy Pup Pauses. Puppy Pup Pauses. Yes. And it goes like this. If you're puppy and you know it, clap your pauses. If you're puppy and you know it, clap your pauses. If you're puppy and you know it, then your pup will really show it. If you're puppy and you know it, clap your pauses. And that's it. And that's it. Okay. Very true to life. That's the first one. The other one goes, it's, I call it uh, the Taven at the con. Hmm. And it goes, yeah, I already know every fur knows probably how it goes once I say that. But it goes, the Taven at the con goes, bark, bark, hug, bark, bark, hug, bark, bark, hug. The Taven at the con goes, bark, bark, hug, all con long. Again, uh. very true to life. <laughs> Very true to life. For those who haven't been to a con with Taven, you are missing a lot. A lot. A you lot. Missing You're missing a lot, a lot too. <laughs> you are missing a lot, but you are missing a lot because Taven makes the con. The bigger cons, I have to get like a little locator chip and put it in his tail because he will disappear on me. I will turn around and the next thing I know, boom, he's gone. And then I spend an hour looking for him. Tell him the BLFC story. The BLFC story. So those that have gone to BLFC know that it's two levels. I lost or he got away from me, I should say. And I'm walking around and I'm walking around and I'm walking, let's say northbound on the top level while he's walking southbound on the south on the bottom level. And of course, and so, we didn't realize this till after 45 minutes when we finally found each other. <laughs> we're walking back and forth. Then I'm asking first, have you seen Tabin? Have you seen Tabin? It's like, yeah, he was just here. He just walked that direction. And so I would walk that direction and then I would go upstairs again and he wouldn't be there. And then I think at one point I thought, well, you know what? He's probably walking the opposite me. So I turned around and started walking the other way. Well, you know who started to walk the other way at the exact same time? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Tabin. Um, so we were so, just going around in circles like three dimensionally like for 45 minutes. <laughs> Right. When we finally got together, Tabin says, I've been looking you for you for half an hour. Yeah. And, and you said the same thing. What's nice, though, is everybody knows Tabin. Everybody knows me. And they know that if we're not together, that I'm probably looking for him. There are now furs that will make Tabin stand still and say, Barely's not with you. You need to wait for him. You need to stay, stay still. Uh, can you sit? <laughs> Tabin, sit. Can you do it? Good boy. Sometimes I get a good voice. Sometimes I run away. I like turtles. So, and after five minute furs, of course, will be our 
our guest. Our guest will be Path Hyena today. Path Hyena. Yeah, good guy. I've known mm-hmm. him for a few years now, and he's a lot a lot of fun to talk to, so I think it should be fun time chatting with the Yin. So let's see. Media. We can start with media. Really nothing more. I finished Grace and Frankie, still watching The Queen's Gambit. And of course, I have regular watches when I call that, you know, the things that you watch weekly, Family Guy and Bob's Burgers and Young Sheldon. So. so they're regular watches. They're not just things that like normally you'll wear this watch or this watch. And then on special occasions, you don't have the regular watches. <laughs> so Queen's Gambit, how far are you in um, Queen's Gambit? Four episodes. Are you still liking it? Have you gotten over the fact that a nine-year-old is taking drugs or yeah, you're, you're better? Okay. They've gone past that now. So. so we watched the episode where she got beat and had to share the title. Oh yeah. Jeez. Yeah. If you're going to get beat, you might as well be golden. Beats are golden. Well, there could be red, too. And there could be red. Okay. So you did get it. You were just doing that thing where you ignore me. Okay, that's good. No, I was trying to think about it first because I didn't understand about the Oh, God. See, so, I, I know the, it goes either way with – so for any of you first listening, it goes either way with me and Barely. Either he gets it right away and it's really horrible and so he chooses not to listen <laughs> or, or pay attention to what I just said, which is probably yep. the safest. Or the other extreme is the pun I just said is so far-fetched that he has to think for a few minutes. And then, of course, he'll still realize, okay, I'm glad I didn't respond to that right away because mm-hmm. it was not worth responding to. That's how that goes. I've posted the link for 5-Minute Furs. Okay. Well, look who came in. It's Hex. Hello, Hex. How are you? Hello, Hex. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show for a few minutes, Hex. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for having me. I'm actually pretty excited. It's my first time calling in to anywhere. So To wow. anywhere. <laughs> I bet you haven't even called your parents before, and you're calling us for it. We feel so privileged. Uh, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. What's that famous line? Long-time listener, first-time caller. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, long, long time, I don't know. Well, you guys have been around for, I don't know. Since, since May. the beginning of this month? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I like how you <laughs> – I heard that you were going to say, you've been around since um, the beginning of this month. And then I'm like, no, so I mean no. since May. <laughs> I, I knew that. I'm a long-time listener. Really, I knew that you didn't say right, this, right. this month. No, we're, we're glad to have you. And apparently you were talking about how your room is a total and utter mess. So tell us more about that. Well, it's not actually my room. It's the room oh. where my computer is in, which is a shared area. And so oh. uh, my brother and I were actually um, working on some this card game called Magic the Gathering. So we have... Oh, I know. I know the game. Strewn, yeah. strewn about everywhere. And I was like, oh, strewn. Let's not have that. Strewn about. Strewn yeah. about. Do you have a Black Lotus hex? I do not. No. Because you, these days you would have to spend like $5,000 to get one. Yeah. It's, or are it's they more than that now? Range. It yeah. depends on the card. And I have to tell you all, I know this because my husband does magic. And yeah. he has a lot, he has a, a lot of the high-powered cards and first gens. Uh, we had a friend over a couple of weeks ago. It was, a, it was the first time meeting this friend. He was a friend of a friend. They came over and they started talking about that. And then the next thing I know, the box of cards is down on the floor yeah. and they're going through them. And this guy was just literally drooling. I had to give him a towel and say, don't don't <laughs> drool on the cards. <laughs> no, they're, they're very expensive. Has your hubby been holding out on you? Do you know actually literally how much? You could be so rich right now. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, literally. You know, 
The box of cards that he has, at a rough estimate, he figures it's probably worth between thirty and forty thousand. Wow, uh, he, he's got some like first in alphas in there. Oh definitely. yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. So wow. So but anyway, anyway hi hex. Way too much for about us. And how about you, <laughs> yeah, hex? I know. So you play magic. Like... Um, and we won't uh, what take else that you, where are you from, Hex? Uh, from Georgia. We won't take that oh. away from your five minutes. That was just me and barely yeah. doing our thing. So, <laughs> hi, oh, welcome to the show. I... You just basically came in. <laughs> but anyway, okay, you're Georgia. That's wonderful. That's all the way on the other side of the United States from us. And what do you do in Georgia, Hex? I'm... Or do you Hex people? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, good. I good. don't. Uh, no, I, I work in a DNA lab, so sciencey person over here. So, what do you do with the DNA? Do you like spew it around, or what do you do? Uh, no, I just <laughs> test it. <laughs> no, I test it for human DNA. So, uh, I'm in forensics, and so that's that's the kind of DNA lab I work in. So, oh, nice. You don't test it for canine DNA? No, we do not. Okay, so you would mm. never see this pup's DNA come up in your forensics. Hopefully not. That would not be a good situation if it did come up. <laughs> So, Hex, tell us about your persona. That's interesting. I recently actually joined the fandom in this September, so 2020. In this, this, this September. September. Yep, wow. so relatively, well, new officially, I guess you could say. But unofficially, I've always been interested in the kind of, you know, that kind of art style, the kind of, you know, all the kind of art and everything that goes along with it. I didn't really know what it was until, like I said, in September when, because we were all stuck inside. I was on the internet looking and, you know, stumbled across, I think it was Anthrocon 2019's dance competition. I was like, what is this? What is going on? I am scared. (laughs) And it just kind of opened this door to everything. And I was like, oh, so this is, this is kind of what I've been looking for. So you've been a furry for quite a long time. You just didn't know it. Kind of like a lot of us, I guess. (laughs) I would say that's pretty accurate. This is a very common theme with furries. If you've listened to any of our podcasts, you know, you, we talk to our our furries friends and they're all, they all say, well, you know, I thought I was, I didn't know what I was until I found it on the internet. <laughs> uh, and Uncle Kage put it best if you listen to that episode where mm-hmm. he says the furry fandom is the fandom we didn't know we needed until we found it. Uh, yeah. And I was going to say, I've actually heard all your episodes up until the most recent ones. So nice. I, oh. I binged a little bit and then I caught up and. Now I get to okay. watch or listen on a regular weekly basis now. Nice, Good. nice. Well, thank you so much for binging on this fluff. And uh, now I'm sorry that we have to make you wait a week to uh, to do it. <laughs> that you binge anymore. Sorry. Where it's maybe it's uh, intervene. So a fur for veen. In what am I trying to get at here? Hi, Hex. How you doing? I'm glad you could make it to the show today. Uh, thanks for coming on. This is the first time we've. Hi. Okay, I, I am a pup, and that's what I do. Hi. <laughs> so have you lived in Georgia all your life, Hex? Uh, no, I actually moved to Georgia when I was about eight years old. and But ever since then, I've stayed here. You do not have a Georgia accent. I do not, no. <laughs> where, where are, that begs the question, where are you originally from, Hex? Uh, Arizona. So the, the, the climate, is, uh, is it different or is it similar? I've never been to Georgia or Arizona for that matter. From what I remember, Arizona oh. was hot and dry. But over mm-hmm. here in Georgia, it's hot, humid. There's mosquitoes and pollen everywhere during the summer. and mm-hmm. Oh, fun. It can be quite a bit. Winter is just all over the place. It can go from nice and sunny and like 75 degrees on Monday. And then Tuesday, you got rainy, cold weather. And then Wednesday, it'll be freezing. And then Thursday, you're back to sunny. You're like, okay, cool. All right. I guess that's it. <laughs> 
So, hmm. so that definitely begs another question. Why did you move there? <laughs> uh, well, my family actually moved uh, over here with me when I was uh, younger. And so since then, I've just kind of been in Georgia ever since. So the way you put that, it's like you decided at age eight to move to Georgia and your family came with you. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. You're a very forceful young lad, aren't you? <laughs> Uh, I, I would say taking initiative is the better way to phrase it. Uh, okay, so good, good. I, I very, very well put. And actually, so that let's get back to. Uh, Barely had a very great question, and I am such a pup that I kept interrupting you. I'm such a naughty pup. Oh my cow! But the original question was. What is your fursona? That's been a kind of a long journey, kind of figuring out what kind of species to make it. And I was debating between hyena and then sometimes, you know, other days it'd be some sort of canine, whether it be the typical wolf or maybe something else. Uh, but it's it's been kind of a learning process and really just discovering what kind of fits me. That's still going on. The only thing I do know is that he has two forms, which is the first one is more, it's, it's, a good way to kind of explain it is like a superhero or like a power ranger where there's the regular everyday ranger. kind of, you know, form. And then there's the supercharged, okay, we're going to do other stuff. I feel like that kind of plays to me as well because I have this, I've never really been someone who's wanted to be someone else. And so I wanted my first one to really be me, but also uh, even in my real life, I have this version of myself that I do want to become or that sometimes I feel like myself getting towards, which is pretty much like a better or just, uh, I guess, the more mature, more fully accomplished version of me. And so that's kind of awesome. the other version of it. It's It's yeah. been interesting because I was like, oh, I have to pick one. I'm like, well, no, I don't because it yeah. can be whatever you want it to be. Yep. And I was no, like, no. Oh. So I'm, yeah. I'm remembering back to, and you've heard all our episodes, so maybe or maybe you don't remember, where mm. we had Sharon Roberts from Fur Science on. She was saying that they have been discovering that some furs fursona really helps, you know, strengthen them as a as a person because it, it really helps bring out, you know, inner desires or inner whatever, and it helps them come to terms with themselves. And it turns out to be a very strengthening thing for someone to have their own persona and, and everything and help identify with who they really are and help bring them out um, and mature and everything like that. So um, that's really cool that you're exploring that and really engaging in that. And um, anyway, I'm just saying things. So there it is. Hopefully they're coherent things, but there it is. So Hex, tell us, you said you came into the fandom just like a month ago and or September. So that's three months ago. You found our podcast and you found our web chat and you found our stuff. So are you just like jumping in 100%? I mean, do you does everybody in your family know you're a furry or are you just keeping that under wraps? Uh, I think I'm keeping it under wraps for right now just because it's it's a whole new thing that I'm myself and exploring, but you know, I'm so far going in hundred percent. Uh, but like I said, it's, it's an interesting kind of topic to kind of think about and, you know, kind of reading and listening to other people that are, I guess, kind of bigger figures within the fandom, kind of seeing their experiences it's like, Hmm, okay, I guess maybe that's something I should probably think about doing eventually. Maybe who knows? Are you going to get to a con when they start up again? Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, um, this year when I was actually uh, getting into everything and doing a lot of research and diving into it, I was actually looking at uh, the local state one over where I am, which is, I think, uh, FWA. Oh, and I was yeah, looking yeah. at that one and I was like, ooh, maybe they'll have something. I don't know. They apparently did have something planned for this year, but obviously it got canceled. And mm -hmm. so I was looking to see if I could register for next year. And I was like, 
very optimistic that everything would be done and over with mm-hmm. uh, with mm-hmm. the whole quarantining and everything. But yeah. um, it seems like it's dragging into the next year. So it's not birding in, but it's dragging in to this next year. <laughs> Sorry, keep talking. I just had to do that. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to mention that I remember hearing about uh, barely signing up to be a sponsor for one of these other cons that I was going to mm-hmm. be virtual. And I was like, oh, that actually sounds like a really cool idea. And I like how you're kind of mentioning they actually send you something physical from it. Mm-hmm. So like you were saying, a kind of little memento from this hectic and crazy wild year. And it's like, yeah. that that actually sounds pretty interesting. I might have to look into that. Well, yeah, yeah, you FC. Totally. yeah, FC. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're going to do something. I'm going to send in some stuff. So we're actually going to do something for it. Um, and FWA, uh, further weekend at the end, I haven't been to that one yet. But from what I hear, it's like really, really, really great. So definitely check it out if you uh, get a chance. Yeah, and it was interesting because I've actually been to the past like two Dragon Cons uh, for the past couple of years. And I was like, oh, okay, conventions look pretty cool. Really interesting. I, I like the whole costuming and just everything that's going on. The only thing is with Dragon Con, there's lines everywhere to the panels to anywhere yeah. you want to go it's it's a very crowded event would you say that since the lines are so long it keeps dragging on <laughs> yes uh, okay, okay good good hex thank you for coming on we will look forward to seeing from you and hearing from you in our uh, bfft chat it's exciting yeah, that you're thanks, here too thanks for having me oh i do have a joke for uh Taven, you guys okay oh, go for it well no, and okay. why can't your nose be 12 inches long well, I have some ideas, but I'm sure they're all wrong. So please let me know. I want to know this great scientific fact. Why can my nose not be 12 inches long? Because if it were, it'd be a foot. <laughs> and you don't have... That is a very... Yeah, that's a true thing. It's one of those true things. Thanks for coming on the show. We will see you around. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Hex. Have a good night. All right. Well, Hex, that was kind of fun with Hex. The funny thing is, that's the second time Dragon Con has come up on our podcast. That's right. Yeah. I forget when it came up before, but I remember that. When he said Dragon Con, I was like, oh, yeah, you're in Georgia. You got to go to Dragon Con. All right. So before we get to our guest, let's finish up with your media. Oh, yeah. What media, media do you have? Yeah. We finished uh, season three of Shooter. You might remember I was talking about that. It's pretty good. I really like it. Season three is the only one they have out now. I forgot if they're going to work for a fourth season or not. Sporth? Is that like when you have four spoons, it's, you get the sporth one? <laughs> There's this show, uh, I think it's a Netflix, I forget. It's called Agents of Shields. It is, it's a Marvel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So we've been, I figured you'd probably seen that. So we had watched a season or two, and then we started that up again, watching the next season. It's pretty cool. And uh, there's a show we start. It's uh, It says it's 2020, but it has four seasons out. So I'm not sure when it started, but it's a really relatively mm. new one. It's called Man with a Plan. That's a network show that Netflix bought. Oh, one that of those. Was, okay. Yeah. That's uh, Has that got Joey in it from Friends? Or I think so. It... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen it or you, you've just heard of it? I've just heard of it. And I know that it was on network before it came to Netflix. So it's actually really good. So we watched, um, the f- like when we watched, we're only on like episode five or something, but uh, we watched the first episode the other night because we need something new and it was in the in the queue or whatever. And what, and it's the first episode. So for any for that's listening, just so you know, it's the first episode is 
it's not horrible, but it's not great. It's like one of those mediocre things. And it's like, uh, okay, maybe. Like many first episodes of See, many exactly. Things. Like many things. The pilot episode, you can't judge a, can't a judge show it, no. by its pilot. For sure not. The second episode was like actually really good. And every episode's actually been cute and really good. And, and it's made me laugh and stuff. So we're liking it. Speaking of media, um, you know, I've, I found these things recently that are related to media in that they're like inter- interesting things and facts I found in the news. And I found this out. It's really interesting that it, so apparently weeks have a certain, or not weeks, but days of the week have a certain strength to it. And the strongest days of the week turn out to be Saturday and Sunday. And the reason is because the rest are the weekdays. Oh. Oh. I, I, I also found out a oh. bit of scientific fact, and this is definitely true. I found this out. Lots of research was done into finding out why the ocean is actually always blue. It's not green, pink, or green, or magenta. It's always blue. And the reason is because the shore never waves back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, and, you know, speaking of science and outer space and everything, because apparently we were just talking about outer space. Yes. The best way to get a baby alien to sleep is to rock it. Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to no. put a stop to this. No, no, because there's a really important thing that I, I I found out about this disease I have. I have this disease. Um, well, I would think everybody in the pot of this would agree. <laughs> I think we all know that. There's a new one I found out about that I have. I'm very scared of carpooling to work. You know, the little um, side lanes and everything so you can carpool and everything. Well, it's a good idea, but I'm really scared to do it. And the reason is because I'm scared that I'll get trapped in a tunnel. And then there's all these people around me and everything. And I can't get out uh, of the carpooling. And it's really horrible and I don't know what to do. And it's a very specific fear, but I'm not the only one that has it. Turns out there's so many people that have it that it has a name. And it's called the carpool tunnel syndrome. And that's all I have to say about that. Thank you. Good night. Leave your teeth at the door. At the door. At the door. Even... Hi. I think it's time that we should chat with Path. What do you think? <laughs> I know you were really trying to get me to do that before, but I wouldn't let I you because I had to talk about my diseases. So <laughs> let's talk with Path, the hyena. So excited to hear from him. Wag, wag. Joining us today is Path Hyena. Hi, Path. How are you? Hi, I'm doing okay. Thanks for having me. Well, you're yeah. quite welcome. I way good to talk to you again, Mr. Path. It's good to see you again. I remember meeting you at TFF a few years ago, and you were the, the biggest, happiest, bounciest pop. It was very good. Biggest. He's like that all the time. <laughs> he like that, I assume he's like that all the time until he's all not. All the time. So I <laughs> want to start this off by just asking because, I mean, you know, we can see each other. Well, actually, you guys can see me. Yeah. I can't see you. Yeah. But you can see that I have a gray muzz. And yes. so I was wondering, are you a gray muzz? Do I, I? I am literally, yeah. Like my facial hair has a lot of gray in it, which is a, a like a thing that just happens real slowly over time to let you know that you're aging. My, <laughs> in case you forgot. Yeah. No, the top of my head is still black there. So it's still working out. I'm waiting for it to be like really awkward where they're just like battling it out for each other. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know if your hair's like working out and stuff, it's probably going to win because it like works out at the gym, like over there. So when they battle it out, you 
you know, we know who will win. I don't know. I, I don't think any part of me is ever going to the gym consistently enough to get any kind of gain. No, but your hair, but your hair is. You just yeah. said no, your hair is I, working out. I don't know. That is a leap, Taven. First off, that is a leap. And secondly, I thought it is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, working out's a lot of work. A lot of work. Well, that's in the name. It is working. Right. Do you feel old? How long have you been in the fandom? Who? You. Me? Yeah. Oh, I've been only in the fandom for since 2017. Okay, so you're kind of new jumping in. Yeah, well, yeah, I jumped in with Tabin, and, well, you know, you can't just not be a big fur when you're jumping with Tabin. <laughs> yeah, so you're going pretty in. You're going pretty all the way. You're going all in with Tabin, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. No, we. I remember when the messaging systems were like IRC, and it was almost like a console you had to type in. Now it's all Twitter, so it's just pictures and media. And You don't have to type. You just, like, post a picture or something. It's really better if you don't type. The more you type, the more you're losing Twitter. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, we've gone back to hieroglyphics. I mean, you just think of everything, oh, all emojis. those emojis. That's hieroglyphics. Yeah, yeah it's that's true. Better. They're a lot better. <laughs> well, it, you get little puppy emojis these days, though. And, and I like that because it turns out I'm a puppy. You know what you don't get? What don't you? You know what you don't get? You don't get hyena emojis. You don't get one. <gasps> one thing I learned as a furry early on. If you want to find hyena anything, you're not going to. Like, you're going to find the five hyena products and you're going to buy them mm-hmm. faithfully. And then <laughs> and you're done. It. And that's actually, you're done for decades. Like, that's actually it until people start making custom hyena things. I told a college class once, I did a presentation on hyenas because I, you know, because you can do things like that in college and get away with it. And mm-hmm. I told them, like, they're awful creatures and somebody has to love them. And I think, <laughs> I think now I kind of regret that. I think they're great creatures. They're not awful, but mm-hmm. more people should like them. I think more people should like them, or at least make good plushies for them or something. Well, yeah. Just something. Something. Just something. I mean, just, just a freaking emoji. That's all right. I'm asking for, an emoji. Just one emoji. Oh, well, you know, fun. emoji. Come what on. is a singular emoji? Because emoji is like, that's plural. Yes. Emojis. Or is emojis? it emojis? Emojis. Emojun. Tabin, you're you're like a professor, aren't you? They let you. No, I don't. They let you teach things. He professes a lot of things. Yeah. I do. <laughs> None of them are true. <laughs> No, that's true. So, uh, Path, so real quick, you said before we started recording, you said you were recently in New Jersey. Why? Why would you go to New Jersey? I was visiting a friend in New Jersey. Great news for New Jersey. Like, you think it's going to be really rough and tumble. Uh, We went and like the first night, like a a restaurant bar that a lot of the bars are like rooftop because they're just there's no space. It's it's very close to Manhattan. It's Mm -hmm. all three dimensional. It's all three dimensional. There's so many shapes. You would love it. You would love the shape. It's reality. It's not (laughs) virtual reality. It's reality. 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 uh, It is. And reality that night included a fight like right out the elevator. First night there, I was like, oh, it is New Jersey. It is exactly what I expected from New Jersey. It's like what I pictured. (laughs) Did you have a cup of coffee while you were there? Did I have a cup of? uh, I might have had a cup. I think I had a cup. Cup of coffee. I probably. I, I wasn't a big coffee drinker then. I'm trying to get into it now. Now, but it's also yeah, a lot of work. Yeah. So the thing is, it's the accent that I'm getting down here for you. It's the coffee. Well, you gotta get the you gotta get that Boston accent. I got a real bad one. That's not Boston. That's New Jersey. Well, I don't know how to do it. Well, I know how to do it because I lived in New Jersey. That's what I was Whoa, getting at. Look at you. <laughs> it's like you gotta get a cup of coffee, go for a walk, you take the dog out and ride on the chalk oh, on the sidewalk. Good. Yeah. That's like car talk good. Mm-hmm. Car talk. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Barely knows some things. He knows some things. So before I let Tabin really take over, what we talked about New Jersey. Hold on, where Tabin's going to take over? 
Oh, he's he was gonna take over. He takes over That's... all the time. It's it's what we do. <laughs> I didn't but sign up for that. Gee. You said in your email for everybody uh-huh. listening, I want to point this out. We asked Path to be on the show. Actually, we asked Path a long time ago and he ignored us. Did I? Oh yeah. We asked you No way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when we first started, you were gonna be our like second or third guest and you just ignored me. Uh, I don't know I why. Don't, but I don't remember that. It's okay, it's I all water so. under the bridge. It's all I, I dare you because I searched for this email a lot today. <laughs> and I did not find any old record of you ever asking me but then when we finally connected with you and you're able to come on the show we asked you for some background and you sent us this biography that could be published this novel (laughs) (laughs) you know what that was what that was was like a realization that i have no idea what's happened in my life and so i thought about it for like half an hour and i thought i'm going to use this opportunity to try and remember what I've been doing for years and years. And well, years. now you have a record of that. I have it written down. Right. I looked at it and I thought, ah, I guess that's a life. <laughs> you said in that letter that you are currently staying in Phoenix for a, a prolonged period. Yeah. And that you said no one should ever live in Phoenix. Why? It is the hubris of mankind. Uh, right now, I actually don't believe that. It's oh. because right now it's perfect. Like it's, it's, you go outside and it's like a normal degrees. Mm-hmm. You ever, have you ever lived in a normal degrees? Mm-hmm. So I'm normally in Texas where it's not a normal degrees. You have your two seasons and it's this hot and kind of miserable. And then it's like, maybe it will snow. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll snow. Like you have to keep checking the forecast. Cause like maybe there's ice, but <laughs> here in Phoenix, it's just hot. It's <laughs> like this is really hot, and in summer, like I went outside, and like you cannot go outside for more than like so many minutes before you will just die. Mm-hmm. You have to go. You have to be in shade. It makes such a huge difference. And I don't know why people live here. There are. It is the cool thing where like there's cactus like right next to right. palm trees, which yes. is not a thing you expect to see. Oh, really? Right next to palm trees. That's not what I expect to see. No. <laughs> uh, no, you never. That's a very tropical, lush thing next to a I'm dying, please give me water sort of creature. That's exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> Those are the saguaro cactuses. Those are those huge ones that... Those are the ones you can't cut down specifically. Oh, really? If you have a big one in your yard, you are not allowed to touch it. They're uh, they're protected Mm -hmm. by law. Right. Yeah, there's a bunch of different kinds. Like, I think even the ASU campus had, like, 20 different varieties of, like, a a display. Mm -hmm. They're very proud of their cactus here. Yeah. But a lot of people don't have grass. Like, you just have rocks. Right. That's your lawn. That's your lawn. I have a friend who lives in Maricopa and... Uh Yeah. All their yards, he lives in a home association, whatever. And when it rains, of course, weeds pop up like immediately. It rains at night in the morning, there's weeds. And the homeowner association gal who writes tickets for weeds likes to come out after the the morning after the rain and give everybody citations when they haven't even gotten up yet to see the weeds. Nice. Oh, gee. Oh, wow. Wow. I don't like that. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to grow weeds though. Like you have to kind of be a green thumb just to get ticketed for weeds. That's very impressive. Well, the the weeds that pop up there cuz I mean you could literally watch them grow. I watched I watched one. It was raining. You watched that them. must have taken a while. That's no, no, it took like maybe an hour and there hmm. was I mean, it's just the rain came and the seed went, hoo water. I guess it, like, it has to kind of live in the moment. Yeah, it has to. That's, <laughs> that's, all, that's all there is to it, yeah. That's it's two rains a year. <laughs> have you ever heard of a uh, haboob? I have. That's the sandstorm. It's a sandstorm. It's a literal yeah. sandstorm. I saw one here, and it's just a wall of darkness that just approaches and just takes over the city and 
you're not supposed to breathe it in. It's got fungus in it. Oh, that sounds scary. It's awful. <laughs> it's it's awful. You just kind of stay inside. Phoenix is just, it's weird. What are you doing there again, Path? I mean, <laughs> why are you there? It sounds so fun. I have a raccoon boyfriend here. So I'm, I'm visiting, I'm visiting oh. raccoon boyfriend on an extended work from home. I haven't told my job, like I'm working from home in a different state. <laughs> right. I don't no. think they care. No. Like, I don't know why they would care. Like no one's going in the office right now. So I yep. was going to yep. yep. take advantage of it and bubble up here in good old Phoenix. I would bubble up in like Bahamas or somewhere, but hey, Phoenix works, you know. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. all the like fungus that you don't breathe or else you die and everything. Yeah. Right. Well, that's usually only once or twice a year. Ah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So it's not, it's not constant. There's not like, you know, it's, uh, this is the weekly haboob. <laughs> the weekly haboob. <laughs> the like weekly a, haboob. Sounds right? like a news no. program. Welcome to the weekly haboob. It could be. Maybe that's your next podcast. Maybe you can do that next. <laughs> the weekly haboob. Damon's <laughs> ready. I think Tabin's ready. Tabin, what are you doing? No, I no, I'm just, just listening. You... No, I mean for the weekly haboob. You're, you're the ready weekly to haboob. Yes, the... Oh, I'm ready for the weekly haboob. The weekly huffluff. Huffluff. The huffluff. The huffluffer. Huffluff. If it is a huffluff. wall of Tabin's coming at you, you don't want to breathe that in either. No, you know you don't oh. want to do that. <laughs> I don't even know what to make of that statement. What is? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> what's going on that one? I, I can't even imagine actually what that would look like. That's pretty scary. For the weekly. A buffer fluffer pupper. A fluffer okay. pupper. Fluffer pupper. I don't even know. I feel like if we if we keep trying this, we're eventually going to hit words we're not supposed to. <laughs> right? It just feels like very dangerous to just. It is dangerous. It is dangerous. So instead, I'll hit the obvious naughty word that we should not be saying, and that is furry. So Path, at what point did you become and realize you are a furry? Do you want the really cheesy answer? And it. The cheesy answer is I think I've always been one. Like I had, and I only say that because like I had this really stupid experience where like when I found the fandom, it was like a thing I'd already imagined for like a decade. And I think it's a, it's a thing that happens when I think you kind of grow up fairly solitary and like the arbitrary cartoon characters are the only things that make any sense and are like consistent in your life. So you end up kind of, oh, yeah. I really, I just, I just like the, uh, the walking, talking, maybe has a job animal people, but so I think when you just like that. We've heard that many times on the show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I imagine. I imagine it's a fairly common. Now it's not as common now as it used to be. I think a lot of people join because they found it through somebody or they found it just kind of adjacent. And that's like, it's just a fun place to be sometimes. So people people join the fandom kind of adjacently. But I, I definitely- That's how Barely like, found it. Yeah, that's good. He found it through your chaos, sounds mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what yeah, happened. Probably just like as a, an attempt to keep a sanity. It seems like, um, <laughs> or what's left. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was crazy long before I met Taven. Well, that is true. That's true. <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, definitely not going to help you there then. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think, uh, yeah. And I, I, well, there's also the thing where like when I was growing up, like there's not a bunch of internet access. So like when I hit the fandom, it was very hobbyist. The artwork was very hobbyist. The fursuits were still like coming into existence, sort of coming into their own and they were, they were like their own thing. It wasn't like now where it's, it just seems incredibly impressive with the things people have done. It was very sweet and it was very heartfelt, but it's now it's like, it's almost commercial at this point. I think there's still a lot of like spirit and like soul in a lot of what people do. But like, if you're joining as an artist now, like the competition you have to deal with is just amazing. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of artists in the fandom. There's a lot of artists. And, and, and good ones, too. <laughs> and Yes, there's also good ones. Uh, there's good ones. There's a lot of fursuit makers. There's a lot of content providers. There's YouTubers like Out the Wazoo. There's mm-hmm. Twitch streamers like 
crazy. It's just really every every creative hall furries are going to fill. And apparently there's a podcast out there. I mean, I hope no one actually listens to that, but it's there. <laughs> I feel like if they hear this, they might try. They try. They might try. They might give it a shot. See what happens. But you know, the fandom is, we've had conversations with other folks and the fandom, of course, this is the only fandom that is about itself. I think that might not be, I, I want to say that's a, that, that might be, because I think there's also like a weird mermaid fandom. Okay. That is also like there's not much canon you just kind of create it as it goes oh. and you kind of see you kind of see fandoms like try to do that like i think the my little pony thing tried very hard to create its own extended canon but it couldn't really escape i love fluttershy <laughs> yeah but really but my little pony fans are fans of a commodity that was created by an entity. Yeah, yeah. it had a Kickstarter. Yeah. It had a Kickstarter to it. And I don't know if Furry did. Like, I guess everyone had their own sort of Kickstarter. Like, everyone yeah. had their own entrance. Yeah, yeah. Um, or thing that happened. But yeah, that's the hard if you're in Homestock, I'd help you. And if you're in My Little Pony or whatnot, like, your fandom just kind of has its canon and it has a hard time escaping it sometimes and Mm -hmm. yeah it's rough it's easier i think probably to be like a sci-fi fan or something where at least it's always expanding and different well yeah yeah but yeah furries its own i don't even know how we invented anything that we (laughs) that we have (laughs) it's just weird we're just weird we're a weird bunch well that's a given so speaking of creativity creativity (laughs) creativity as a matter of fact could you tell us about Yes. Um, how did how did Path come to be? Tell us about the Path, the Yin, and the Ed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to go by Ed Hyena, which was an incredibly generic name. Now you have to go. I hate to say this phrase. It's a different time because <laughs> that is almost always excusing awful behavior. But it's a time you go back far enough. Like a lot of people had very generic names, which was just like Red and I Fox. Right? You people have very uh, simple things, and I think my when I hit the fandom, it was just like, I I met somebody and they're like, well, what kind of animal are you? And I was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) So, (laughs) And I have to say, I love how you say when I hit the fandom, you hit the fandom, you do, you hit it. And it's like a fan that is moving and it's chops you into pieces, right? Right. It's It's, uh, (laughs) all the fluff. It just goes all over. It is. It is. uh, uh, Especially now. Like, can you imagine finding it now? It's like a tsunami of content, but yeah, I think at the time, like I met somebody who was into the concept of it and they asked me like, what are you? And I did not know how to answer that quite like the question did not, how do you even answer that? What are you? <laughs> uh, and I think they took like half an hour to kind of like walk me through what that meant, which was very helpful. I have no idea who it was. And I wish I'd go back and thank them. But yeah, I, I liked Lanking a lot because it came out when I was 14. And Ed had all the best lines in the movie. So I, I went without Ed didn't have lines in the movie, which was my favorite thing. Uh, he just made laughing sounds. The hyenas were great. I went with that. And I think as I learned more about hyenas, like I, they're just great animals. And I, I wouldn't want to deviate. I actually would rather be like a wolf. But it hyena felt better, if that makes any sense. This is very dumb. But <laughs> and no, that I not dumb at all. <laughs> when I say it, I hear it, I feel like it's dumb. But it's uh it's the way it's worked out. So I've kept the same character forever. But on IRC, uh, way back when, there's a thing where if you log in, everyone knows you logged in. It tells everybody and you get a bunch of messages. And I think there's like I just want to talk to a couple people. So I made like a hiding name. And I wasn't creative and I went to the, I think recently I'd been playing with the Windows environmental variable called Path. And so I just changed my name to that. And then I kept meeting people under the stupid name that I didn't mean to meet people under. And then that's what they knew me as. And like all these people were like calling me Path and 
I am a Windows variable environment. <laughs> right. Yeah, an anthropomorphic, I don't know, shtick, like just a, just a variable. That's it. Great. So that's how I came up with this name. It's so creative. <laughs> it really is. I don't know. I mean, you lead us along the path to something. We're not sure what, but you do. So you're true to your name. <laughs> I do like that it's, an, it's a noun that's not super common. So it kind of works out. But like I was also like in a Star Wars RPG. Or, well, it was like a Star Wars D&D thing recently. Mm-hmm. We did it like once every couple of weeks. And like they said the word path hundreds of times and they're not furries. So like they don't really realize what they're doing. And like it was just it was just <laughs> making me very nervous. Uh, but, but yeah, they had my name. Uh, I, I guess it just changed on that. And there was also like another Ed the Hyena. This is fun. When I was 14, there was another Ed the Hyena. He messages me. He's on like AOL and I'm on like, AOL. yeah, it was AOL. And then what was Prodigy was the other one. I was on Prodigy. Oh God, okay. Prodigy. Oh my God. And so he comes over on Prodigy. I've taken his name and he's very angry about it. And Ed the Hyena from AOL comes and yells at me as Ed the Hyena on Prodigy. And it's like, that's my name. And I'm thinking like, that's Disney's name. <laughs> <laughs> First off, we're both ripping this off shamelessly. And I think I've had it slightly longer. I think he actually had it longer, but I actually know Ed now. I think he runs uh, Anthro Ohio. <laughs> oh, also, Convention Cherry. Wow. We both ended up, he wasn't a furry then either. He, either was I. We both ended up furries and convention chairs. Wow. Make of that way. That's really interesting. It's real weird. Life is very stupid. Life is interesting. <laughs> that, that's an interesting, you were not furries. We were not furries. Had the same name, and then you both wound up being con chairs. Yeah. Uh, we, we we met each other again like eight years later and we didn't hate each other. Well, that's good. So that was the guy. No, okay. Then we eventually became conchers like 10 years after that. So it was mm, wow. It was something. That's crazy. That's so silly. So speaking. Speaking? Yeah. Speak? Speak? Speak. Speak, speak. David. Speak, David. <laughs> Do we lose David? Was I, that it? Was that all the energy he had for the. I, oh, <laughs> oh, no, there he is. I'm back. Hey, okay. I was gone. You did it. Where'd you go? Hi. What was it like? I think I accidentally turned my mic off because I do that sometimes. Ah. Why do you do that? I don't. It's an accident. My little tail goes fluffing uh-huh. around and then it accidentally pushes buttons and it doesn't work out the way I want it to or something. But like in the dark void. It was very dark and non-fluffy, but I'm back. Okay, now. It was in the upside down. You did it. Oh, no. I was. <laughs> so speaking of con chairs, you were the con chair of TFF for how many years and when was that? Five years, I think it was, and don't quote me on this, I think it was 2012 to 2017. Okay. Maybe, no, it might have been 2013 to 2017. Sorry. It's been long enough now, I forget, but it was five years. Okay. I think, were you, let's see, when was my first TFF? I think 28, no, I went this year, 29, no, yeah, 2018. Mm-hmm. And I met you that year. Yeah. And that must have, were you, when you met first met me, were you con chair? I think I was transitioning convention chair to the new chair. Nice. Uh, I was, think so. Which was really cruel to do at that time because we had just changed hotels to a much bigger hotel. And that's yeah. when I did the transition. And we learned at that point, never do a, a convention transition between convention chairs when you're changing hotels. Like there's, nothing, hotels. there's nothing more chaotic than changing the venue mm. when you're, <laughs> so that was Poor stable. Yeah. And I think you were like head of security that year. Oh, no, no, no. I, no. Was, I think I was vice chair. I was vice chair on the transition. Oh, chair. yeah. I've never. Maybe you lied to I, me. I don't know. Yeah. I, well, constantly. Constantly. You were the chairman oh, yeah. of vice. <laughs> you were the chairman of vice. Of vice. Yeah. Wow. And so how does it feel now that you are not the con chair? Well, this is weird because like this is the first year I haven't been on staff. Like I finally just got off staff mm-hmm. uh, oh. entirely. So I did. 
I did the vice chair thing and then I was HR for a year and a half or so. And like, eventually I just got out, uh, which after and I worked for TFF for 10 years. So it was very weird to be oh, yeah. as disconnected as I am. Like I have no, I, people still message me to ask me like, is something in stock still at the, at the merch store? Like can we, can we get oh, that? Yeah. and I'm like, I don't know. That's a good question. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't even know who you would ask anymore. So like, I'm still kind of known for that convention just because I did it for so long, but yeah. I'm out of that loop. And it's weird having your life revolve around a convention mentioned for 10 years because you're when you're chair like you're kind of a giant communications tower like someone asks you something and you bounce it to the person who knows and you just kind of bounce back and forth all the time you're just 24 7 you are available and if you're not something awful can start happening and you're not monitoring to make sure like departments don't start fighting or something uh so it, right right it's just all consuming and then to not be that involved was a big step and then to not be involved at all it's just i don't know what to do with my life anymore it's weird <laughs> We had Haven Husky on the show recently, and he started... Similar experience, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, and Haven. as you were talking, I was just remembering that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Haven. Haven Khan, Haven. yes, yes, yes. And he was telling us about that. And so I don't remember if it was him or Fluke Husky. I think it was Haven that was saying, you're helping on a con in El Paso or something? <laughs> This is the thing that Renegade Rue does. Oh, every, oh. every. Oh, okay. That's that's right. what it was. Yeah, now that's... that you say that, I remember this. <laughs> Every year or so, he tweets how I'm going to help start a convention in El Paso. And that's how I learn about it. <laughs> and then <laughs> it's been like three years now he's been doing that, maybe four. And it's a little sad because like a lot of people who follow Renegade Rue, which is like 30,000 people, mm-hmm. something like that, have no idea. And they're just like, God, I'm so happy to have a convention finally in El Paso. Like, I don't know if he knows he does that. Like, there's a bunch of sad messages. Like, I'm so excited. I don't know who this person is, but I'm excited to have a con in El Paso. Oh, no. Sorry, kid. There's There ain't nothing. <laughs> wow. You know, he said that in a very, very true manner. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Path is uh, helping me with a con soon. So, that yeah, that'll be great. That'll He's be fun. never replied to anyone <laughs> saying this is not true. He's, he's 100% dead. Like, I don't know if he believes it at some wow. point. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's okay. really committing to the bit, I'll tell you. Like to the point where I'm like, do I need to move to El Paso? Is right. that a thing? Yeah. Like, is this destiny? <laughs> or never show your fur there because everyone will lynch you because you promised a con for three because years. Because I clearly promised. Yeah. Via Ren, but it's from you. To be fair, I did drive through El Paso and I did stay in a hotel there. So I think I I basically did my convention experience there. That was the convention right there. You drove through and stayed at a hotel. That's great. I went to basic training in El Paso. So yeah. Army, Air Force? Army. Army. Mm -hmm. Did you do any any active duty work? Uh, No, I was all reserves and National Guard. But nice. Yeah, the eight years. Actually, I went to Korea and Japan and all over the world uh, with the National Guard, which was kind of cool because I was a medic and I was teaching stuff too. So I got to travel a lot. Oh, that is a life. Yeah, I was in San Antonio. I was very close to the Air Force Base, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason like I kind of grew up very solitary because Air Force has this thing of like you'll make cool new friends every year and then they'll move away mm-hmm. every year because they're getting shipped in and out, especially because it's a training base. Like Lackland Air Force Base was where they sent for for training. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people in, a lot of people out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went to my advanced training in San Antonio at uh, Fort Sam Houston. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But there too. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Lackland Kelly, Fort Sam. Yep. Yep. It's a very big military city. A lot of Homeland Security there now. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's changed a little bit. Oh, yeah. Since I... It's really interesting because we just had Fluke Husky on the show, and he's uh, Air Force. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And so he and Barely were able to talk a little bit about that. And it's like, now you're on it's like, wow, <laughs> no. what are all these like big military Air Force type furs doing all of a sudden? Anyway, I did deliver papers on a military base and that's the closest I got. <laughs> that was before 9-11. So I could just like go up to the base and like not have paperwork and be like, I got like a bunch of stacks of USA Today. Do you want this or not? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and they let you drive in. You go in the commissary like after 9-11, like no way. You don't, uh, you don't do that anymore. No, no. So let's talk a little bit about your life journey. You sent us a lot of things. Oh, no. You, I don't remember what I sent you. <laughs> you might not remember. Oh, we're going to remind you. So let's start with SeaWorld. SeaWorld was my second job, Uh-oh. I think. Yeah. Was that my second job? I think it was my second job. My first job was like two weeks of McDonald's. And I nice. think I made three twenty-five an hour. Wow. <laughs> I think that's... I think that's I thought you were going to say I made three cheeseburgers. cheeseburgers. That I was out. Yeah, I, was <laughs> I made so many cheeseburgers. Well, no, I actually you know, hold on. I didn't make cheeseburgers. I picked them up. They were in. They were in the wrapping. I picked them up. I put them on a tray. I was a very good dog. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it for like two weeks, and I was like, three twenty-five is like I could find that on the ground. This is awful. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I stopped that. But uh, I worked at SeaWorld for a few years. My mother had actually worked at it prior to that. It's what it was. In, it's in San Antonio. I guess not. Like it's moved. I don't know why I said when it was in San Antonio. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back then it was, and it still is. is. I was pretty bad. I was like, because I was 16 years old, I didn't really know like how to talk to people or anything. And that's exactly the kind of labor they want there. They need people who like, will just work for whatever. Hmm. So it was, uh, I was an adventure. I think I worked right next to Shamu Stadium uh, and worked Shamu's Emporium. And I was a manager, which is also like, that tells you how broken SeaWorld is. <laughs> I was 16 years old. I was a manager. Everyone <laughs> who reported to me was like 55 years old because wow. like retirement people just worked there. And I'm. It was the exact opposite <laughs> at McDonald's, right? <laughs> yeah. At McDonald's, it was just like all of these people have criminal records. I know it. I'm And I'm next. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, it was, oh, well, that was a particular McDonald's at least. It was, uh, that was a mess. Yeah. No, Seawall, Texas. That was a that's a blast from the past trip right there. So, what was your job there? I I started working in. Oh, okay, I tried to work uh, a roller coaster called the Great White when it first opened. That's how I got that job. The Great White. The Great White. Okay. Right? It's like this really tall rails, like standing sort of roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And like, I hate heights. I can't do heights. Okay. And like very quickly, nice. they're like, okay, I'm climb to the top of this thing with the staircase <laughs> oh, no. got about halfway up and like i do like my legs start shaking and i'm like no i'm done that was it that was it for me and then they put me i think actually they probably did this to make fun of me they put me on the rio loco which is the lazy river and like it just you just watch little boats go around and like that's what i could handle <laughs> <laughs> and eventually i went to the merchandise awesome. side, but geez i remember like i got in trouble for like i think i was i was asking people for pennies if you give me a penny i'll let you go around again i was so <laughs> bored and, like they taught they pulled me aside like are you telling people to give you pennies and i was like yeah, yeah i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> i was so bored oh was, uh, such a naughty game. i wasn't it wasn't my best it wasn't my best days uh, let me tell you but then you emerged forth later in life and became a political chairman what way was later. that about that was way later well that gets into weird politics things because that's i was a precinct chair for the democratic party and the way that happens in texas at least is you go to the caucuses this is back when like obama and hillary were kind of fighting it out and they had like those primaries that kept like getting very close and very close mm-hmm. to the point that even by the time it was Super Tuesday, like they were still in question of like which one's going to win, which was unusual at the time. Now it's kind of common almost. 
I remember that was so hotly contested that we showed up at this caucus at like 6 p.m. and we didn't go home until 2 a.m. Because oh, wow. it's a live oh, vote. Wow. It's the ones where you live vote. Like you have to go in and sign a piece of paper. And while they're waiting for all those things to come in, like you sit and you talk about issues, mm-hmm. which was the weirdest thing. And it's the only time I've ever experienced And I talked some during that and not many people did. And then the chair who was chair at the time nominated me to take over because I guess I talked a few times. (laughs) You you got better at it since SeaWorld. I got I had gotten slightly better since SeaWorld and he really wanted to retire is what I what I realize now ah, in retrospect and it looked good to nominate some kid. So they did that and I became a precinct chair whose job is, and this was an awful fit for me, you're supposed to go door to door and identify which house is affiliated with which party so you know who not to waste your time with and who to get out the vote for. And you kind of oh, like wow. it's the people who are mapping out precincts and precincts are the smallest political unit of American politics. Mm-hmm. So it's like 2,300 houses 2700 houses so what i really should have been doing is like organizing a team to kind of do that and i didn't i didn't really do that very well i tried a little bit i dealt with data entry stuff but it was uh that was a weird moment it's weird to be elected by like there were hundreds of people there because there just were and other people tried to run for it they almost elected me county chair but at that point i had already kind of committed for obama and san antonio was going hard hillary and that Mm. immediately eliminated me which was fine (laughs) which is fine that was weird that was a weird Like, these are all weird moments. Weird moment. Speaking of another weird moment, besides any moment that you are with me. Oh, I like those. You're like, oh, you had such a little crush on this this taping. You know, yeah. What a good dog. Well, I mean, then this wonderful. I, oh, I try. I wag. I wag. You right did now. really I well. Trying. And I love how you just pour your heart out to people. Mm-hmm. You really do. It, it, you no, give it all. It's like a big glass of orange juice. It pours and then you get vitamin C. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. I don't now, know but... why it's orange juice specifically, but I kind of understand what you're saying. Okay, good. Because I, I don't. So maybe you can explain that to me sometime. When you're older. What I would really like to know is there are three big things, three big, huge things right now. One is religion. One is church and the other are pancakes. Could you explain to us, Path, how do they relate? I think as a child, if you wanna if you wanna force your kid to get up at 6 a.m. So this is my grandmother. It's my grandmother trying to get me to go to church. And like my mother is not a fan of religion. So she wasn't gonna be like, you can't go to church, but she wasn't gonna make me go either. So like the way my grandmother figured out how to make me go to church was we go, it wasn't that bad because it was like a smaller like local church, and then I get pancakes. And I was like five or six and so like as long as i kept getting pancakes after i went (laughs) to this place like i would mostly go on most weeks of the year and then (laughs) and then what actually broke me of religion was like this weird exercise where they had like you had barrels you were putting together like little crafty barrels and that was fun Mm -hmm. and then you put like out of wood and yeah Out of wood and stuff, like little tiny ones, little like handheld ones. And then you put like change in it all week. And then at the very end of it, they're like, okay, you have to give this back because you're going to tie it to God. And I was like, all right, God, this is my barrel. (laughs) But I did all that work. It's mine. And that was it. And by that time, I was like, I can make my own pancakes. (laughs) And I was kind of done with God at that point. Ah, I don't know how flimsy that made my religious beliefs, but it doesn't seem very solid at that point. Based on a barrel and pancakes, you know. um, It's uh, life gives you pancakes and God dies. People and furs have followed things for less. (laughs) 
That's true. What do you think Tabin would do for pancakes? Oh, Tabin, what would you do for a pancake? What would you do for pancakes? I would probably jump up and bark at the scroll and then chase tail and turn around and roll around and then I would beg for it. Mm, okay. How do you not injure yourself constantly? Who says I don't? Right? How many injuries do you incur a year? I guess is a better question. Well, since I'm a dog, I definitely incur them. Because... <laughs> Kerr is a Kerr a, a dog? Is that what we're going to? Yeah, okay. It's, that's, okay. See, I need I need a little Shakespeare thing where on the slide it tells you what the what the words mean. Yes. <laughs> what do the words mean? Is that what the fox does? You know, I've been like totally obsessed over the past few days with what does the fox say? I don't know why that happened all of a sudden, but I totally have. Oh, that's weird. Me too. I've watched that video like four times out of nowhere. I've watched it like six times out of nowhere over the past like seven days. And various versions, like there's the live version, there's the official version. There's the And I've looked up a few other of his videos and (laughs) you have to make sure to watch The Language of Love because it's just so hilarious. I like watch it twice in a row and couldn't stop laughing. Is it heartwarming? It's okay. very heartwarming. The language of love. Oh, yeah. 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 They play for Elvis. So it's funny because that song, we mentioned it, or you mentioned What Does the Fox Say in a story time about a month ago now. And I dropped a clip in there, and then we talked about it last week. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I dropped a clip in there. So all of a sudden, we're all about this stuff. And Tabin, your husband actually sent me a link to the video saying, have you seen this? I was like, yes, I have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, 2014. Yes. <laughs> was it 2014? Yes, it was. It was a long time yeah. It's like seven yeah, years yeah. ago. Like for whatever reason, all of a sudden I'm yep. like big into Boys of Fox here right now. I don't know. I'm wondering if you weren't just wandering around uh, YouTube and it just suggested it. Because that's what happened to me is I think it just started suggesting ah, it to me. You know, it, it might have. Happen. We talked about that the other day too, about how the, the interwebs are very smart and you mm-hmm. do one thing and then they start suggesting things for you. Even though it's the thing you just had, they suggested it for you. It really just wants to keep you. you. just had it. I was thinking of maybe doing what does a fox say at a con sometime. Uh, like sometime I'm going to do a Taven Sings Weird Al, but maybe like in the middle or during a story time mm-hmm. with Taven or something, yeah. I'll do a what does a fox say. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. All right. You'll need, you'll need uh, backup dancers. Lots of backup dancers. Yes. A lot of backup dancers. <laughs> What does the pup say? Pup, bark, 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 So speaking of salt. What? How did we get to salt? Well, I just peppered that in just now. You set me up. I feel so betrayed. Cayenne, you see what I just did there? I think I'm done. I think I'm going to sign off. Okay. <laughs> so tell us, since you're a podcaster, tell us a little bit about your podcast. What is that all about? Oh, we're not very good at, at this. We have, uh, this is me and Ringer, which is matches matches on Twitter. Okay. Ringer. Yeah, it's Ringer. That's his name. He, we have a podcast called Animal Noises. And I think it was meant to just be like, we're just going to talk about furry. Like, it's kind of probably what this is, like when you're not doing interviews, like just talking about current events in furry and like, what's the direction and like just cultural things. So like we've covered... Uh, we usually cover dumb things, but I think lately we've covered like when BLM was happening, we kind of talked about like how that's kind of affected fandoms and how it's affected like conventions. We talked about cancellation in the fandom specifically and, and like there, it's been heavier topics. I guess we started with like 
weird Nazi first stuff too. Cause like that was happening when we first started, like we were getting uh, uh, conventions canceled. by groups. Ago, Yeah. Man. It was a few years ago, but mostly it's just like yapping without a script and not very well prepared. And then, and then afterwards ringer does a bunch of work and it sounds good, which is, <laughs> which is, uh, I guess a big shout out to rain raccoon mm-hmm. who does that for this show, for this show. He, uh, he does the interviews. I do the rest of it, but uh, yeah. So uh, both of you. Yeah. That's top. Rain and Keynes does it too. So why did you, what, what made you decide to do a podcast? Just because oh, you're Ringer told me to do one. Oh, Ringer. Yeah, no, Ringer. Yeah. Ringer is, he is a person who gets project ideas and he does them. Mm. And then, and then he just does more of them and more of them and more of them in every direction. So you can see with like his, he's done a lot of different videos with all his three different characters, which I think he's got a diagram for. Like one's a, one's a donkey. <laughs> Bravado, I think, had a big one. Mm-hmm. So it's not just one direction, but it's in the back street. When you're hanging with oh, the boys, is that what you're wow. saying? Yeah, well, it depends on if you're the new kid on the block. Is that too far? It does <laughs> depend on that. It does depend on that. I want it that way. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's that, and that's Ringer. And he just kind of creates and creates. And so sometimes he drags me into the creating part, and I'm, I'm happy he does it. Nice. It's kind of that's, that's also why it's kind of random. It's because it's just when he hits a, it gets a spark to do it, uh, we'll jump in. But it's not as consistent. This show... This show is incredibly consistent. Very well. We I, try I, to be. I applaud you guys. Well, thank you. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It's a Why lot of work. You? So Ringer m- 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 matches. As you m- 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 matches. So is he one of your one of your poly guys, or is that not? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. No. No. He's he's as a husband. Oh. Uh, no, no, no. Well, that doesn't mean uh, you can't be one of your poly guys. <laughs> that's true. Furry uh, <laughs> is a very flexible relationship structure kind of. Yes, fandom. it does. Not just by default. Not by default. You always have to ask, and you always have to respect those things. That's but, right. Yes. Uh, yeah. It would be preferable anyway, from what I understand. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's not. He's not one of those. I do. I. I have. Uh, I thought my life wasn't complicated enough, so I. I have. A few, I have two boyfriends. One is in Dallas, uh, and one is here, and I'm living with right now because I get to visit while he's doing college. And it's. It is. It is communication, and it's a lot. I'm not usually super public about it. Not that I'm trying to hide or anything. It's just like people don't like it or they don't understand it or it's complicated or they think like if you're polyamorous, you're definitely going to go after my boyfriend that's single or that not single, but it's like a committed relationship and you guys don't respect that. Like it's really just you have to respect relationships, whatever their structure is. And it's it's mm-hmm. oh, it's a lot of mm-hmm. complication. It's so much. Well, yeah, but it's not unique in the furry fandom. In fact, it's not. No. You're the fifth guest we've had that is in Oh, is that how you pick guests? Yes. Those are in polyamorous represent. Are you doing this so that the boyfriends will come on too and you can just get more shows and double more boyfriends, out? double girlfriends, it's all the same. Yes. Uh it is. So, it is. Yeah, it, it's a lot more common than I would have thought uh, in this fandom. Yeah, and I don't know if that's because the fandom is just so open with intimacy. Like I'm not even saying like like sexuality or physicality. I just mean like people are more open with saying I love you or more open with their feelings of whatnot. And I wonder if that sometimes leads to considering the possibility of like, maybe I want to spend my life with more than one person, which I think is where it gets really complicated. Like it's, it's pretty easy to like, well, I think it's out. It's like, it's not easy, but to open your heart to like more than one person, like the, Ever, I think most people have the ability to like fall for and want to spend time with more than one person. But when you start getting into like who's going to live where and who owns what assets and mm-hmm. like the, the future of polyamory, that's when it gets really complex. Mm-hmm. And then just working time out and seeing like whose needs are and what the expectations are. And I've failed at this before. Like it's 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 hard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's maybe it's also more common because most furry couples don't have kids. Yeah. And I wonder if that's not a constricting factor, both in terms of complicating the child's life and like 
the societal systems that don't expect you to have more than one partner. And also just time. Like once you have kids, like there's no time for things and you need time for partners. Well, true. So it's a, it's a lot. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see a sitcom anytime soon called my three dads, (laughs) my two dads and one mom, you know, (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, it happens oh, yeah. for sure, but it's <laughs> it would be a sitcom. It would become a sitcom. And then I'd be a drama. <laughs> Do you remember the sitcom My Two Dads? I yeah. feel like I've heard yeah, that. There was a sitcom. I feel like I've heard it. See, now that just sounds like very outdated. Like, who cares? It, right? Yeah. It's like, wow. Yeah. So, so what? So you get two dads. <laughs> like, oh, you have two parents? Yeah, right? Lucky. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You have two? Wow. You have three? You have oh, four? Okay. What? How many parents? I. I couldn't, I could barely pull yeah. one. What are you doing? How'd you do that? <laughs> Jeez. I bet your Christmas was nice. Right. Yeah. How many, uh, how many product reviews have you done now, Taven? Off the top of my head, I want to say four, four five. five? Yeah. Only five? I thought, because I've seen you just like put things yes. on your head and be like, this is now a yes. product review. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, okay. So pretty much constantly. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> always like, can I wear this on my head? That's one of the tests. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the tests. When you were getting married, was that one of the tests? Can I, can I wear you? <laughs> can, can I wear you? <laughs> Can you wear it on Does my it head? Bounce? Does it bounce? Does it bounce? No, no. <laughs> I want to see that product review. How that went? It's really well. There's a reason I'm yeah. single now. I guess oh, I understand. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tabin actually did a product review at FC this year, which was the last con that happened before everything went to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. Well, except for TFF, TFF. I, I did make it. Yeah. TFF is the largest convention yeah. this year. But anyway, it was the last FC was the last con I went to, and we did a product review there live. It, it went well. It was well. It went well. It was well attended. Unfortunately, there were people that were there thinking that it was an actual review of furry type products <laughs> like materials and yes <laughs> and fabrics and all that kind of stuff and and actually they, they stuck around and i didn't find out until later they did stick around yeah it was kind of fun but a- afterward they said we totally did not expect this they they ended up liking it and staying yeah. but they they were yeah. totally caught off guard <laughs> we had a problem with this at tff where uh, it was one of ringer things because one of ringer series is conversations with coyotes which is his bravado character mm-hmm. it's a coyote and he put that on the schedule at TFF called Conversations with Coyotes, which many people interpreted to be as in meet and greet for coyotes. Mm. And so they were showing up and they're like recording this podcast and like everyone's very confused. <laughs> <laughs> but they enjoyed it. They stayed like they didn't leave. Nice. Uh, so it worked They were out. confused the whole time. But yeah. <laughs> it's like when, they're just confused the whole time. When is he getting to what he thought we were going to talk we, about? When do we just get to meet coyotes? Yeah. Like uh, there's I want to meet a coyote. Here. Come on. There's one. <laughs> oh, no. Path, could you tell us about this? Is the big we're leading up to the big moment now for you? Are you ready? Oh, is this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the big moment. <laughs> the big moment. I'm actually curious to know if you if you know what this this I'm is. Pretty... We're leading up to the big thing, and we want to hear all about your driving stories. It's a lot of driving stories. It's really. It's really. I guess we'll start with the quickest one, which is just like tearing my shirt because I was getting out of my car and I'm fat. <laughs> like, oh, no. I'm just trying to, it's a buttoned down shirt. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to work now, I guess. number of times I've gone to work and I have shirts that are very easily inside out and I'm not very good at checking that. So I've gone to work with shirts inside out. <laughs> Those aren't really car stories, I guess. It's just morning commute. I'm not, I'm not good at mornings. <laughs> there was a time where I was at a gas station, which was not for gasoline. It was for hot dogs. Sometimes I go to gas stations for hot dogs. Back in the before times when you can go into gas stations safely. And I was just going to drive from there to, I don't know what I was doing, but I drove from there to like the place next to it, which had a giant curb 
curb and like I drove off the curb and my car just got stuck there. And like, I tried to back up and like, you can't like that tire is too high. You're just stuck on this curb between like hot dog land and Taco Bell. And there's nothing you can do. So I have to call a tow truck driver and the tow truck driver, like he takes his time. He's looking at me, smiling. He When he, when they're lifting the car, he's like smiling at me the whole time. Like you are so stupid. (laughs) And he's like, this happens all the time. Don't you worry. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Uh, There was a time where I was just learning parking garages again, because we had just moved to a new building with a parking garage. So I kept and this is my favorite. This is the first driving story I heard. This is your favorite one for some reason. And I just drove uh, around because you drive around to go up. And I was trying to get to the third floor, but I never took the turn to go up. And I like, I went around like five times before I was like, how high is this three-story parking garage? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, hold on. It's three stories. I know this answer and it's not nearly as high. What am I doing? I'm very stupid. <laughs> so wait a minute. You just drove around in circles on the same level? I drove around. <laughs> it was like the second level. So they, they all look the same. And then eventually I just realized like these are the same cars. These are the same cars. You're just going in circles. I ran a con. God damn it. Sorry. <laughs> Which is also going in circles most of the time. It's also going in circles, right? <laughs> I felt like I was competent and I was not. And and then I don't know. And okay. I think my, my least favorite of these stories is where... So he's going to tell it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's your, you know, this is for you. This is for you, Taven. And so... Oh, yay. Yeah. This was just like, what, well, one problem you have when you like to eat is you'll go through drive throughs and like you'll have like bags in your car and you have to get bags out of your car. So like you take them out, you throw them away. And in Carrollton, and we have these giant like bins, residential trash cans that are, they're pretty tall. And I, I got my keys in my hand and I got the trash in the hand and I put them both down the garbage can and it was empty. So like the keys are now at the bottom of this very tall garbage can. I can't reach. I try. It's very sad. I try. And like, it's hard. Uh, so I have, to, I have to get the garbage can over and I have to crawl and I start crawling into the garbage can. And like, here comes a neighbor driving by and they're just like slowing down. They stop. They look at me like, okay, <laughs> my neighbor's just crawling into a garbage can. What's that hyena doing this time? What's hyena doing today? <laughs> so I got to crawl in there. I got to get my keys and I come out. She smiles and waves at me and drives off. And I don't know if she lived anywhere. I don't recognize that neighbor, but I don't know what she's thinking. And I don't want to know. And it was a sad day. <laughs> Wait a minute, she stopped and watched you? Well, she just wants to know, like, why is this person crawling into a garbage can? Like, and I was dressed like business casual at the time. Like, it's just weird to wear, like, slacks and, like, a button-down shirt. And, like, maybe I'm, maybe she thought I was just giving up. Like, I was just going I was just going home now to, like, my new home, the garbage can. Which maybe kind of, maybe thinking about it, maybe I was. But you're not a trash panda. You're a hyena. Oh, yeah, but I date trash panda. Well, he was confused. It was a hard day. He was having a fluff identity crisis, you know. It was, <laughs> it was a, a lot going it on. It was a long day and a long year. And maybe I just wanted to lay down in the trash can. For right. A while, it's like, I'm done. Where everything at, at least makes sense. Just throw me away. I'm done. I'm over. <laughs> There was a, a Whataburger sticker a long time ago that said, when I am empty, please dispose of me properly. <laughs> and we would ironically wear that as a pin in high school. Mm, nice. <laughs> and that was all before 2020. So. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, goodness. You know, we have come to our, the end of our time together. We have spent a lot of time together, actually. A lot of time. A lot I'm of so time. sorry. A lot, it's of, time. a lot no, of time. No, it's been a great, it's been a great conversation. Okay. Yeah. Hi. 
Hi. Hi, Taven. Oh, did I say my name is Taven? You don't have to. Hi, Taven. He knows who you are. Oh, I'm a, I'm a pup, Bark Bark. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, me too. That's amazing. Yeah, We're both. I know. That's amazing. I know. I just TF'd right now. Yeah, so we, we, well, there's a video <laughs> out there that's the I am Taven video, so you should watch it. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. I remember that. I think what it was filmed at FC 2019 or yeah, something. 2018, I think. 2018, way back. Okay. Nice. Long time ago, many moons have passed. <laughs> the before time. So for any further that's listening, if you're still listening, thank you. And go check out my YouTube and find... No, is it even on mine? I think it's only on yours. Is it barely. only on mine? I don't know. I'm not well, sure. Well, go to both of our YouTube anyway, and check it out. Go to both of... Look at all of our stuff. Go somewhere on the internet on and the find... Interwebs. My name is yes. Tabin, and yes. that's that. And go relive when cons used to happen. That's right, yeah. Oh, it's so good. What con do you think is going to happen next? First? Like big con. Big con, what are you coming back? Yeah. I think BLFC will be the first. Tabin, what do you think? I was talking to someone like actually just yesterday about this, and on the conjectures were BLFC, MFF... So I don't know. It's hard to know. I mean, it depends on if BLFC keeps the October yeah. dates that they pushed it to this last year or what. So we'll we'll just see. So I kind of hope it's MFF just because if anybody can sustain a giant wig, it's like whatever con that opens many. up first. Oh, everybody's going to go. Is going to yeah. get it's, just destroyed unless yeah. someone does it too soon. Just destroyed. Uh, if it's yeah. TFF, that'll be kind of funny because like, they were the last ones to go. Yeah. So they'd be the first <laughs> one. <laughs> well, see, BLFC <laughs> is scheduled for June. They haven't canceled yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, is it? I had they not have seen not canceled that. it yet. So I think so. We'll see. You know, it's it all's going to depend on the vaccine. And what's really going to be weird about this podcast is that in the future, people are going to listen to this and they're going to go, the vaccine. Oh, yeah, that thing, that thing that happened. Because people have short memories and they're not even going to remember this pandemic in five years. Oh, I don't know. Nope. They will I feel not. like everyone who's lived through this pandemic is going to be like, nope. Like, I, we already have like friends that are like, once crowds come back, I don't know. I don't like crowds anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting because, I mean, think about 9-11. So, you know, even five years after 9-11, which was a major event in our history, people were like, yeah, yeah, that happened. So, you know, but I have to get my job done. Yet they didn't care. Five years later, they didn't care. I feel like a lot of people care. I guess it depends on where you were. I, yeah, I, it's, but it's just like, I don't know. It's, I just think that, I think the pandemic is just going to be a thing. They're going to, A, they're going to politicize it and B, they're going to, they're going to eradicate it relatively quickly once they get the vaccine out there, I think. But that's my own opinion. I am not a doctor. Please don't take my advice. I am not a doctor. <laughs> they're hoping for June. Theratale. <laughs> Theratale. <laughs> See if Theratale is right for you. <laughs> so, it, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the flu happened at one point and that was a big thing and now we have a vaccine for it and then we're like okay let's let's get it the the great thing is that well one great thing is that you know the flu the vaccines are thought to only be depending on what you get like what 20 percent effective but i've been seeing the vaccines that like from Piv- pivner which i can never say how do you pronounce that pfizer 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 what i say the Pivner? p is silent the, the p is silent just like okay. the p in baby anyway yeah i don't know what's <laughs> happening <laughs> The P is silent, just like the P in baby. There's no P in baby. Of course not. His diaper's wet. Oh. <laughs> I did not. Okay. I was like, a, that's a literal dad joke. That's like a literal dad joke. It is a literal dad joke. Yes. 
So, Path, if you had to give one piece of advice to, let's say, a new fur, someone that comes into the fandom for the first time, they come to your con for the first time, what's your one piece of advice? I would say observe people. Like, that's the that's the most fun thing to happen at a con, I th- especially if you don't know people. Because if you know people, like, you're just going to try and find friends and, like, hang out with them. But it is very fun just to kind of sit around and, like, watch people interact, watch how fursuiters interact, especially, like, as fursuiters are, like, trying to figure out what to do and how to perform and how to make people happy and bounce around. That's one thing. I liked about Taven a lot is he's very like social and bounces from group to group and he's kind of random. Are we talking about the same Taven? The Taven, <laughs> the Taven I know is quiet, reserved, and reserved. Yeah, he's, he's usually around. just reading, he's reading he's a book, quietly yeah, reading, quietly reading <laughs> in the corner, so no, so no one yep. can see me. Yeah, and he's wearing a bell, but you never hear it go off. No, oh, uh, oh no, I <laughs> constantly that bell drives me constantly. crazy. Yes, oh man. <laughs> just watch people and kind of kind of watch it interact and don't worry so much about like inserting yourself into like the social world until you're comfortable and ready for it but like all just 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 kind of watch it's it's just fun to watch it's like a weird it's such a it's fun mix of people with all these different like motives like some people are just there to hang out some people are there to entertain some people are there to just like watch and and i'm there to mostly eat Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned when you go to a con, to your con, barely said. And so, like, so when we go to El Paso, El Paso, when we go to El Paso, the Chihuahua, right? The dog desert is what you called it. The dog it desert. Just a, imagine oh, a desert just it, packed with chihuahuas. You you did hear you I did, did hear, hear our uh, talk did. with I the your okay, podcast. Okay. And, so so for any fur that doesn't know what just happened, if you go back and listen to when we talked with Renegade Rue, uh-huh. and he was telling talking about El Paso, and I was talking about the only thing I could think of was Chihuahua Mountains yeah. or something. I don't even know what I said, but yeah, anyway, you're, go back and listen like and, and explain to me what I said. You were just like dogs. I love dogs. Dogs. And like, it's great because he says, uh, like, he's got this beautiful accent. He said Chihuahua Mountains, and like, it sounds great. And then you're just like, why are there dogs in the, in the desert, in the mountains? <laughs> One in the desert and two in the mountains and three in Texas. I mean, what's happening? It's happening. happening. By the way, chihuahuas are everywhere here in Phoenix. Every time I go out for a walk, I see a bunch of chihuahuas. Everyone knows chihuahuas. It's so weird. It's a desert. It's a desert thing. I'm I'm convinced it's a desert thing. Like a pack of them running around? Do they do they attack you and bite your Uh, ankles? That would be (laughs) if I see a pack of chihuahuas, I'm running. There must be a lot of Taco Bell in oh, in Texas too, then, because yeah. you'll carry oh, Taco Bell. Wow, that's so long. Do you remember when like they used to have that ad campaign, and they were like, "Ooh, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> maybe that's racist." And then they were like, I don't know. "Run for the border. Yeah. Wait, wait. No, no, wait, no. We shouldn't say. Yeah, we shouldn't say that anymore." And then Taco Bell stopped that. Yeah. And now they're just like, "Look, we have crazy meals. If you want to get high, yeah, <laughs> one a.m. <laughs> come on down here for Taco Bell. Fourth and meal. Jack in the Box is like." Yeah. We do. But I'll tell you, there's nothing better than a Taco Bell taco at like 11 o'clock at night after you've drank several beers and smoked a few joints and, uh, you know, go get a taco. (laughs) I really like quesaritos. The quesaritos? I've had quesaritos. I like quesaritos. You can still get them through the app, but you can't get them otherwise anymore. Really? Yeah. They see, I have this pup has issues. (laughs) Oh yeah! Believe it or not, I have opinions. I, we're going to taco my my taco bout my well, taco no, bout issues. We're not tacoing your bell. Like that's the first thing we're not going to do. I don't even know what that is. So they got rid of like a bunch the thing the things mm-hmm. that I would ever get. Like they got rid of gorditas. Yeah. They got rid of double decker tacos. Yeah. They got rid of something else that I always have. And like I I'm so mad at them. There was so much passion. There was so much passion. <laughs> 
like the way I found out that they were changing their menu was Twitter was going nuts. And I found these like forums on Reddit where there were hundreds of pages of analysis and what's in their inventory, what's in their warehouses. Are they really getting rid of stuff? Like people went total CSI oh, on Taco Bell. Yeah. It was crazy. Wow. I hadn't yeah. seen that. It's so fun. Yeah, but you can still get the quesadilla. That's all I cared about. What's a quesadilla? It's really good. It's a mix between a burrito and a quesadilla. Oh, Okay. Kind of. But it, it's very cheesy and it's a little spice up and yeah. you can get some, like, you know, the different either chicken or beef or whatever. And they're, they're actually pretty good. I do like them a lot. This pup likes quesaritos. I heard you had very strong burrito opinions. He does. I do actually have very strong. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you heard. episode about your burrito opinions? We should probably do an entire episode about his burrito opinions. Yes. <laughs> I have already started. If if you listen to Fluke Husky yes. episode, I kind of went off on um Cadoba versus Chipotle. So it's already started. <laughs> okay, so we could go on and on and on and on, but we really need to bring this right. to a close. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, Path, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. I can say that I haven't laughed this hard in a couple of weeks. So it's been nice well, to have you on the show. Yeah. Nice to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Yeah. Happy fuzzy, yeah. fluffy feeling things and hugs and wags. Yeah. And it's almost Christmas. So go Santa. Is that a team now? Is it a sports team? Go Santa. Santa. Yes. It's a sports team. Go. <laughs> Talk about biggest supporter. Their, their cheerleaders are, are really small, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Path, thank you very much for coming on the show. We appreciate you coming on and spending the time with us. I know that you're a very busy individual. No. I'm sure that your partner <laughs> is wondering what the heck you've been doing for the last hour and a half. Oh, no, they know. They know very well. Oh, okay. All right. Well, okay, we're, so good. We're, we're good. good. We're good. Yeah, no, we're safe. All right. All right. Well, Tabin, you have any final words for Path? Uh, of course, just can't wait till I can hug you again. Yeah. It'll happen someday. Until then, see you on Telegram and the um, internet fluffs. I look forward to so many gifts of you. Oh, Ooh, gifts? <laughs> gifts? Me too, me too. That's how Taven communicates with just gifts of Taven. It kind of is, it actually. Is, is kind of. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bark, bark. Bark, bark. Wow. Path. What a guy. What a guy. Yeah. Lots of fun to talk to. I've known him several years now and he's always fun. We we get along for whatever reason. He can get along with me. And <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got a lot of good stories, got a lot of good things to tell. Uh-huh. It's a lot of fun, as you heard. Well, you know, like you said before, he's come a long way since SeaWorld. <laughs> he's come a long way since SeaWorld, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to ask him. I forgot to ask him. I was going to ask him if he was working at the same SeaWorld as Rio. He did. Yeah. Yeah, I remember now that you say that. But I think Rio worked in Florida. He was in the Florida one. Ah, uh, yeah, I think that's right. Or California, one of those two. Rio, if you're listening and you want to correct me, please do so. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> please do, please do. It's please one do. one end of the United States or the other. I don't know. <laughs> one or the other. One side or the other. One coast or the other. So anyway. Well, what do you say we get to our next segment? I say we get to our... Are you waiting for it? Yes, you are. Because you already know what I'm going to say. But I'm going to make you wait and say next segment (laughs) all right so furries in the news my uh scouring the web Uh, i found a few things the furry or not the furry, but the Fur Affinity United Convention, which is one the of the Fur United. Okay. They have closed permanently. Oh. They will never be having another con never. anytime in the future. So that so is, is that because of drama or because furries ruin everything? Or is it like a legitimate reason? <laughs> 
Well, according to their website, uh, it was a result of their moving their venue just last year. And so they couldn't get their their attendance up because they went from several hundred miles away from their original venue. Then the pandemic hit. And so mm. they're just, they just kind of okay. said, that's it. So it, it's a legitimate reason. That's good. I yep. mean, you know, yep. it's not good that they closed, but it's good that there's an actual it, good reason for it. Right. It wasn't drama or criminal activity or anything like that. It was just their board said, nope, nope, it's not well, worth it. So why did the word rain for us just come to mind? <laughs> I don't, right. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, that had um, nothing. There was no criminal activity or drama or anything. Furry Life Online, the new, new ish, oh. it came about, it came uh-huh. about, about uh, three months ago, I think. Uh-huh. They, they got so big that they had to move to a different server. They took their site down on December 7th, and as of this morning, they're still not back online. So hopefully that's just because they're working on, like, working out the kinks of moving to a bigger server, because that can happen. That can happen, but their website, this, you know, the little thing that you get says, we should be back online within hours. Well, that's... Been- oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. That's, a, and, that's, a different, that's a different thing. <laughs> and, of course, we, as a podcast, you and I, Fairly Forecasting, are kind of in the news. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dog Patch Press is going to do a feature spot on us. And so, not a, not a feature Fido, but a feature a spot. Feature spot, yes. Mm-hmm. Lovable spot. He's cute and cuddly, and he smiles a lot. If there ever was a pup to cheer you up, spot, spot, spot. So, if you heard last week's puppisode, <laughs> you'll know what. Yeah, I just did that. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, so he was very uh, nice to reach out to Barely and say he wanted to spotlight us. So, thank you for that, Patch. All right. You know what this week is? This is a math week. This is a math week. We have spent a lot of time already, so we should get to our math. This might be an extra long episode, but you know, I love our our puppisodes. It's great. Yes. Yeah, so, this is math week because we've been alternating. And uh, I have some interesting things, I think, that I want to say. So I want to talk about the millennium problems. Have you heard of these, Barely? Is it like the millennial problems? The millennials that, you know, they don't have a charger for their phone? That's a millennial I know. problem. It's like, it's like my, my laptop battery is dead, but the charger is over there. And, you know, that's right. a big problem. So, it's a millennial um, problem. This is, no, it's not that. It's the millennium problems from the Clay Mathematical Institute, CMI. That's different than TMI, which is pretty much everything. Whenever I say something, that's definitely TMI. Clay Mathematical Institute, they're in Massachusetts. They're um, a mathematical institute. And so at the turn of the century or the, you know, the millennium, so the 2000, 2000 is the the Clay Mathematical Institute, CMI. I'll future reference them as CMI because that's easier to say. They came up with a list of seven problems of these are some of the greatest, biggest unsolved mathematical problems that Matt, like great minds, big mathematicians. These aren't just like little things. These are like huge mathematical problems, current mathematical problems that mathematicians have tried to solve. So uh, for example, I've talked about the Riemann hypothesis. I've talked about, if you remember uh, from Matt's last theorem, this was this big Theorem, that conjecture that hadn't been solved for 500 years, that type of thing. This would be in that category. So there's a list of seven problems. And these are like amazing problems. Like you literally win $1 million if you solve it. Like one Hmm. mil. No, this is no joke. I'm not just saying, oh, you win like a million dollars. Exaggerating. This is you win $1 million for solving this problem. $1 million. And... You can imagine like, okay, well, 
it's always people are trying to submit um, solutions to problems just for because they think they solved them and recognition and all that stuff to just whatever math departments in some university everywhere. Of course, if you put a price tag like one million dollars on it, everyone's going to say, "Oh, I found a solution and stuff," and they're going to send their solutions to the CMI. To, but of course, they're not going to do that. These are so rigorous and and strict and stuff that the CMI has said, well. In order to even be considered to look at your solution to this problem, you have to have have had it published in some, you know, good, well-known mathematical journal, and it has to have been published in that journal for at least two years. And third, it has to have general acceptance in the global mathematical community. It already, in order to even be considered to be looked at. By the CMI, you have to already have been like, you know, this is already a big thing. So if I publish, say, say, say the problem is two plus two equals what? And I published three years ago, four. Okay. Well, then I've solved the problem. And if I publish it and the, the unit that publishes it agrees with me and publishes it, and then it's cited in other things, then I've already solved it. Why would they want it Not necessarily, solved? because okay. there can be problems. <laughs> Okay. And this doesn't apply just to mathematical thinking, just scientific thinking and like deep thinking and solving deep problems. There's always, I think the phrase is, there's always the devil hiding in the woodwork. So there's Mm. always, you know, I mean, you could just solve a problem and stuff, but it may not be the correct solution, but it totally looks fine to you. There are Mm. problems out there that are like, even the top minds think, yes, this is true. But there's still mm-hmm. problems in it, and then somewhere down the way, down the line, someone finds a counterexample that says, mm. "Oh wait, this doesn't work with this particular situation. There must be a problem in the proof." So then people go in and see, "Oh yeah, okay, finally they find out. Here's where the proof uh. is." So this is why, like these deep theorems that are unsolved, have to go through this immense um, scrutiny because okay. the, you know there could be de- things hiding, devil hiding in the woodwork. Okay, so. This is a pretty cool idea just in that. So I want to read you the titles of these seven problems and then just talk about a few of them just because they're really interesting, I think. And I think other people will find them interesting too. So there's the Yang Mills and Mass Gap. That's that's the title of one of them. And and by the way, <laughs> you can... Yes. You have to read it that way. You have to, or else it's not even a conjecture or anything. It's like done. Okay. Um, and you can just Google like millennium problems and you'll find all these. It's not like they're secret hidden or anything. There's the Riemann hypothesis, which I actually talked about on episode 13. The P versus NP problem, <gasps> um, which is actually pretty cool. I'll talk about that last. To P <laughs> or not to P? <laughs> that is the question. The Navier-Stokes equation. Okay. Okay. The Hodge conjecture. Conjecturing. You, if you conjecture it, you're hodging your bets. Ha! Huh. The Poincaré conjecture. That sounds German. It's actually French. I just kind of read it in a German, in oh, a French. German angry way, yes. <laughs> and then there's the Birch and Swin. Nerton Dyer conjecture. Dyer conjecture. Yeah, it's very dire. Just to briefly, I want to talk about four of them. Two of them are really brief. It won't I won't take long talking about them because I know all you furs are tired of hearing me talk. But 
The remind hypothesis I mentioned back in episode 13 and talked about it. And, you know, it has as a conjecture about the prime numbers, which have um, implications to data encryption and everything. And um, it's, you know, this really big thing that has really great applications. Um, so you can hear about that in episode 13. The Navier-Stokes equation is are a series of equations that govern and model uh, the flow of fluids and water and air and things like that. So very applicable. But the essence of this conjecture about the Navier-Stokes equation is whether or not these equations have solutions or not. And if so, is it unique? Is there only one of them? I've talked about this before, and I'll mention this idea again in a little bit. So very, very important to know about. So you prove it, so fine, you know or don't know. Proofs are very important because they tell you about how things work. So having a proof to this gives you understanding about how the world around us works. So this is a very important problem to know about. So there, there's this uh, thing called the point, as I said, point right? conjecture. And it really has to do with, you know, you have a, think of a basketball. It's, you know, a two-dimensional sphere is what we call it, right? It's just a ball and stuff. So you can talk about like, what does a three-dimensional sphere look like? Well, it would be in four dimensions, so we can't imagine it, but, you know, this actually has uh, mathematical implications. And so the Poincaré conjecture basically says, it's wondering about, does a three-dimensional sphere look like what we think a three-dimensional sphere should look like. Like, is it a ball, but just in three dimensions? And it, there's more math to that, but I won't bore you and get into that. It's actually a simple sounding thing, but this was actually a conjecture posed by André Poincaré in 1904. And this is actually one that was actually proved. Greg Perlman, he's Russian, mathematician. He actually proved something called the Thurston geometrization conjecture. He actually proved, which says a big, more abstract general thing. But as a consequence, it proves the Poincaré conjecture. And this went through scrutiny. He did this in 2002, 2003. So this went through scrutiny and everything. Um, in 2006, because of this, he uh, was offered the Fields Medal in mathematics. This is a huge medal. This is huge, the Mathematical Fields Medal. Um, is, it, is it so big you can't wear it? It's pretty much that big. He actually refused it. He turned down the Fields Medal. So in 2010, he was officially offered the million-dollar prize. Would you take it? Well, it turns out that this this guy, Greg Perlman, he, was, he lived with his mom, I think. He wasn't rich or anything. He didn't have lots of money. So you think, yeah, a million dollars, hi, yeah, I'll take it. Guess what? He refused the million dollars. Why? It's been said by um, a particular director of a mathematical institute in, I don't know if it's Russia or something, but this this particular director said he had a, quote unquote, strange moral principles. <laughs> okay. So maybe that's why, I don't know. I mean, I don't think anyone knows why. It turns out that after that, he said... That he, I mean, he went into his little apartment and didn't want to be seen. Like journalists and things would come to his door and say, you're bothering me, go away. He actually left the mathematics community and went on to do something else. And I don't think anyone knows what he went on to do. But it turns out, though, even though the man is gone or whatever, um, it's still true. And it's actually spawned a lot of other mathematics and interest in as 
It's still a really good huh. thing. But so that's pretty interesting and strange. So the fourth one I want to talk about is the P versus NP. So this won't talk about bathrooms at all, I promise. To pee or not to pee? This is actually really cool. And I think um, this is very interesting. And I think a lot of people and furs would uh, think it's interesting. A lot of people in computers and computer science actually know about this. P actually stands for polynomial. And N is non-polynomial. And this has to do with the amount of time it takes to do something. Computer firms out there might know a time of complexity takes for a computer algorithm to run. It can be done in constant time, so like really fast or polynomial time. Pretty fast, but it takes a lot longer. Exponential time takes a really long time to complete an algorithm or something. Anyway, that's what the whole polynomial thing is. So you can have a problem about something like me talking forever, like I'm doing. But, um, so you can have a problem. <laughs> and then you could be presented with a solution. Like your hubby comes in and says, just turn off the pup, Mike. Come on. <laughs> um, yes. But So you can be presented with this, uh, a solution. Great. Now, you could potentially easily verify that solution, but it could have taken a long time to get to that solution. So the P versus NP conjecture says, in general, is the amount of time it takes to find the solution on the order of polynomial time, constant, or exponential, on the order of the time it took to verify this solution. This is actually a very important kind of problem. Because let me give you some examples. Have you heard of the traveling salesman problem? I think you mentioned it once before. I think I did. Yeah. So it's just a problem about you've got a list of cities and you need to get through each city and you've got the distances between the cities and you need to get to each city in the shortest distance possible. But you also need to visit each city only once. And you're given, you know, this is just a general, you're given a list of cities you want to do this, is there an algorithm to do that? If you're given a solution, it's really easy to verify that, yeah, that's a solution. You look at each one and like, oh yeah, they visit each once. Great. Coming up with that solution could be, and, and you know, if you sit down and try and do it, could take a very long time. So that's one example. Another example is, let's say you're at a university where you're accepting 400 students. So this is like an application type problem. You're accepting 400 students to your university and, and your dorms only fit 100 students students. So you have to pick 100 students to fit this. Okay, great. But then, of course, the dean gives you a list of incompatible students, like because of their history or whatever. Um, you can't pair these up. So you've got to solve this problem with how do you pair up only 100? Pick and pair up only 100 people out of the 400. If you, Even if you take away the restrictions, 400 picking 100 people from 400 people, the amount of combinations is literally more than the number of atoms in the galaxy. So even making a computer, so now going back to computer science, making a computer program to brute force its way to list all the possibilities, I mean, you can't make even a program that's going to do that in a finite amount of time, even a long period of time. So, and then you put these restrictions on it, it's like, wow, is that even possible to make a computer program to do that? Well, you might think not, but you might think, well, you could maybe you get clever and the programmer thinks, well, I'll just think through this and don't do brute force, but you use some logic and information, whatever, to make it a little more efficient and cut down possibilities. Mm -hmm. It still could take a really long time. But then the question is, well, may, could you be so efficient and clever enough that you could make an algorithm 
that solves this problem in a relatively short amount of time. That's kind of the, the P versus NP conjecture there. So it turns out there's another interesting application. Do you remember or know of the Minesweeper Windows game? Yeah, I never yeah. understood it. It was boring. And I was like, it was boring. Why would you do this? <laughs> this yeah. pup actually always loved that game. But uh, okay. so <laughs> if, if you remember the, I don't know if you remember the rules or not, or for any for this listening that doesn't remember, you have this grid of however many squares and mm-hmm. there's a certain number of bombs underneath the squares. And the goal is to not uncover a bomb and uncover all the non-bombs. And, you know, there's like you get a number under square and it tells you how many bombs are around that square. And you can mark them with little flags to say, I think this is a bomb to bomb, a bomb, a bomb to help out with your logic process and everything. The question then is, given any size grid of Minesweeper, can you write an algorithm that will figure out where all the bombs are? Well, if you any for that's played Minesweeper enough realize that, well, I've come across some games where I can't really tell if it's a bomb or not a bomb, but some that think, well, I could figure out, but it took a long time. All these things. Now we're thinking in terms of, in general, can you write a computer program that will solve this problem for any size Minesweeper. Again, this is an N versus NP problem because if someone gives you the solution, it's like, yeah, there it is. I can verify this is where all the bombs are. But coming to a solution could be very hard. Maybe is it impossible to make an algorithm that does this? Maybe, maybe not. So this is the the, the problem. Like, and someone needs to solve this. Well, if they solve it, they get a, a million dollars. And of course, it doesn't mean you solve a Minesweeper game, you get a million dollars. It's much bigger than that. <laughs> so don't get too excited. I thought all that was very, very interesting. And I wanted that to share is. that with you, Barely, and all of our furs out there. And all of our fur listeners. I, I listen to you and I think I am really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean... Um, I, I guess I'll say to that, I think of it more of a, you don't know what you don't know until you don't realize you don't know it. So there it is. We should move along to some really bad jokes. Yes, moo. Why do I moo? How does the pup? You know, I think I mentioned, like, I think with Pat that I've had that song. How, um, what, what does, does a pup say? say? Like, what's a fox yeah. say? Yeah, what does a pup say? Maybe I should make a new song. What does a pup say? But um, I don't know why I got like all obsessed with it over the past past few days, even though it's been out for like seven years. But anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah, speaking of jokes, let's do that. For any further that hasn't been listening, and if you have been listening to any of the pup episodes, thank you so much. It actually literally uh, means a lot to us. But if you haven't, let me just say I have this book of... Funny Jokes and Foxy Riddles from 1968, and they're really bad. Believe it or not, any other joke or pun I've said uh, in the, this particular episode, I did not get out of this book. They, they were just, I have my own bad joke book in my fluffy brain, I guess. But this is from an actual book. Did you, were you like walking through the store and saw that and thought, and saw, because it, it said Foxy Riddles? Did you say, oh, I need to get that for the podcast, or is it just something you had? I It's something I've had, actually. And I actually oh. was wondering this myself, like, where did I actually get this? I don't think I just bought it for, I don't even know. It just, like, magically appeared out of nowhere. Ah, imagine that. So I'm going to I'm gonna preface this right now. My jokes are all Christmas-related. I guess I I'm should just- not be surprised. I should have done that. I, I, I will... Uh, preface this by saying I did not do that, and I should have. (laughs) (laughs) 
So give us your first joke there, Mr. T. No, you're not Mr. T. That's an entirely I'm different not, character. It's like, I pity the poor fluff that don't eat yeah. my cereal. <laughs> Barely. I knock on the door. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hamin. Hamin who? Hamin eggs. <laughs> it's stupid. So again, for any for for example. <laughs> uh, yes, for example. So do you know where they where Santa sends his helpers to you know when he sends them to school do you know what they learn what do they learn they don't learn about like making rainbows i guess no they have to learn the alphabet first (laughs) they gotta start with the alphabet oh my cow well i'm at the door again barely and i i I knock knock (laughs) who's there cantaloupe cantaloupe who Cantaloupe tonight. Dad has the car. So, you know, I think in lieu of gifts this year, I'm mm-hmm. just going to give everybody an opinion. Oh, wait, that was the punchline? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was the punchline. Wait, okay, so now I'm going to do that thing where I have to think. Mm-hmm. In lieu of gifts every year, I'm going to give everyone an opinion. No, seriously, I'm having trouble here. In lieu of gifts every year. Right. So I'm not going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you my opinion. Wow, what is this page with all its doors? So I knock at the door again. Well, this time, it's a big party happening, apparently. And this time, um, it's Amos. Amos? Amos who? Amos. Uh, okay, I'm not reading this right. Because... Uh, it should be a mosquito bit me. So maybe the name is Amos. Amos? A mosquito so, bit okay, me. So, let's, okay, let's start this over. <laughs> I mean, keep that in. Don't don't edit that out. But I, I want to say <laughs> to all you furs out there, this is one of those jokes you have to read just right. So I'm going to try it again now that we know okay. the answer. But actually, there's more to it. So you actually oh. don't know the other half. Aren't we excited? Uh-huh. No, we're not. Uh-huh. We are not oh, excited. God. Not even. Nope. So I knock at the door. Knock, knock. Who's there? Amos. Amos who? A mosquito bit me. Knock, knock. Well, who's there? Andy. Andy who? Andy bit me again. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I don't. Wow, that that was something. That was a journey. That was like a long ride. If a cow lives in an igloo, what is he? Uh, cold if he goes outside. Well, no, he's an Eskimo. Oh, I, why did I not? I should have guessed that. Why did I? Okay, that is <laughs> I so. Don't know. Speaking of igloos, my father made such a good scarecrow that crows won't even come near our farm. And Anne says, you know, my dad beat that. His scarecrow is so good. That the cows brought back all the corn they stole last year. You know, with Christmas coming up, I got my husband a wooden leg for Christmas. A wooden leg? For, did, did he lose one? Oh, no, it's it's not his main gift. It's just a stocking stuffer. You're Wow, you're really making me work hard tonight, aren't you? You bought your husband a wooden leg. And what happened to it? Where, where do you put stockings? Up on the chimney. Well, no, if... Okay, so that... Do you know what a stock? Do you know what a stocking is? Okay, something you put on your leg. It's, it's socks. It's another word for socks. Oh, for socks. Okay. Oh.
Well, friends, friends and furrias, uh, we have We're, spent way too much time today. Again, I apologize. If you're listening still, we love you so much. You're amazing. You so much. Is, and I take a long full, this, full responsibility. It's, it's wow. I, I've, I've gotten excited. I've been wagged all over the place. So the trivia I have, and it's, it's, this is true. This is, seriously, it's true. And it's something I just noted tonight. My husband, he's putting um, all our CDs. He's uh, computerizing them and everything. And he came across one of these CDs that I have. He doesn't listen to, I do. Um, There's this amazing band. So shout out to this amazing band called Black Happy. And if any one of you from the band Black Happy is listening now, come on the show. I want to talk to you so much. Paul Hemingway and all the rest. Uh, Black Happy, this amazing band. I This is like one of my literally all-time favorite bands, Black Happy. They're from, I think they're from Idaho, but they've done some shows in like Spokane and all over. And I've seen them like lots of times. Black Happy, they were originally an eight-piece band. They had two drummers and they're amazing and everything. And they have an, a song called Shovel Jerk. And also on the album that that song is on is called Shovel Jerk. And so my my husband was um, going through and he came across this album, computerizing it and everything. And he said, I noticed that um, there's this band you like, Black Happy, that has their album Shovel Jerk. And also I've come across a, a CD that you have by a band called Shovel Jerk. And so I told him the trivia, of course, I mean, Black Happy, they're like all-time favorite band. So of course I know the trivia of that. So Black Happy's had a song, Shovel Jerk, and uh, Mark Hemingway, I said Paul before, Paul is Mark's brother. He does guitar, I think I forget. But Mark Hemingway, after they disbanded Black Happy, created a band called Shovel Jerk. He took a few of the band members from Black Happy with him and formed this band, Shovel Jerk. And the additional trivia is that originally they were going to call the band Triple Mixin. Uh, but then they, for I don't know the, why they changed, but then they decided to call the band Shovelder. So hmm. anyway, I wanted to let every fur know Black Happy is amazing. If any of you Black Happy band members are out there, thank you so much for your music. And I hope I got this trivia right. And that's just what I'll say about that. And please come on the show. So two things. If they come on the show, awesome. Then the other problem is that means they're furry. Do they really want to come out as furry? Probably not, actually. So thank you for considering, but we know you're not going to do it now. (laughs) Well, well, we'll see if our talent scout can't reach out to them and see what's coming on. Well, that brings us to the end. It's a very long episode, folks. Thank you for sticking around. We appreciate it when you stick around. We really do. And so send us some sausages or sausages. Send us some (laughs) messages. (laughs) I must be hungry. Uh, (laughs) I love that. Oh my. Just send us. And so, by the way, send them some sausages. <laughs> send me some sausages because I love the sausage. Uh, and But messages. Send us messages. And you, those can email us, you can email us, telegram us. Uh, you can talk to us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Fur Life Online, whenever it ever comes back online. You can talk to us on Fur Affinity. You can talk to us on Wikifuria. No, Wikisausage. Fur. So all those places, be sure to tune in next week when our guest will be Addy Boyo. Addy Boyo! So we should have a lot of fun talking with him. With that, Tabin, I'm going to say goodbye, and now it is your turn to say goodbye. The episode is is now going to be like three hours long instead of just two. Um, So (laughs) I say goodbye. 
<laughs> I say goodbye. Thank you so much, any fur that has listened this time or has listened to any of the uh, episodes at all. It means so much to us. It really does. We hope we entertain you. We, we love you. Thank you for listening. Shout out to everything. I guess I should stop talking now. So I'll just say thank you so much. I'm going to do it. I wag. I bark. I fluff. Love you all. I'll talk to you next time. Bark, bark. Barely Furcasting is an Injured Nerves studio production and is found on all major podcast platforms or can be heard directly at barelyfurcasting.com. The opinions expressed here are those of the hosts and their guests, and no commercial compensation was granted. The Furcast is produced, recorded, and directed by me, Barely Normal, a.k.a. Mike Began, and is edited by myself and our associate editors, Rain Raccoon and Keynes. This week's interview was edited by Rain Raccoon. Opening and closing theme music, as well as some interstitial music, was created for Injured Nerves Productions for the use on the podcast by our music associate, Reg Day, with Damien Tanuki. If you would like to send us a message, you can do so via email at barelyfurcasting at gmail.com or on our Telegram chat at bfftchat, on Twitter, on our Facebook page, or on the barelyfurcasting.com webpage. You can also help support the show through donations at ko-fi.com forward slash barelyfurcasting. Thanks for listening. We hope you come back and listen next week. (music) 